The views and opinions of today's broadcast are not necessarily the views and opinions of the TJRS Radio Network. Thank you for being a loyal listener and enjoy the show. Online radio at its best. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust, I'll rise. Good morning, and welcome to the serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, the show where we discuss politics, social issues affecting people of color, and every now and then a little comedy as well. Now here's your host, Jay Ryle. Thank you for the wonderful introduction, and good morning. Today is June 26, 2022, and here are the topics that we will discuss on this week's edition of the serious side of the Jay Rao Show. The Supreme Court has overruled Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision giving a nationwide constitutional right to end a pregnancy. The decision is expected to lead to abortion bans or severe restrictions in roughly half the states in just a matter of weeks. The outcome is similar to the leaked draft of the court's opinion uh, that uh, appeared in early May. That was written by Justice Samuel Alito. Alito concluded that Roe and the 1992 case, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which basically affirmed the right to abortion, were egregiously wrong and needed to be overruled. Elliot, I want to read a little bit from uh, Justice Samuel Alito. He says, we hold that Rowan Casey, which was the 1992 decision, must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Rowan Casey now chiefly rely, due process clause of the 14th Amendment. Uh, Justice Alito saying it's not in the original text, therefore it does not exist. Uh, That has implications not just for abortion rights. Uh, any number of rights, and even though he sort of hints, and he, and he did this in, in that first draft, mm-hmm. that you know, those other rights aren't on the chopping block. Look, um, the dissent from Justice Thomas makes very clear that there is a voice on the Supreme Court that is willing to go after or at least address the questions of um, same-sex marriage or contraception or whatever. And it's the same general legal framework that would strike them down. Do I have this day an opinion, a personal opinion? on the outcome in Roe versus Wade. And my answer to you is that I do not. But do you think there is as fundamental a concern uh, as legitimacy of the court uh, would be involved if Roe were to be overturned? Well, Mr. Chairman, I think that there, the legitimacy of the court would be undermined in any case if the court made a decision based on its perception of public opinion committee that the president considered offering pardons to a wide range of individuals connected to the president. Let's listen to some of that testimony. And was Representative Gates requesting a pardon? Believe so. Online radio at its best. Daily prayer for protection. Lord God, I pray for your protection as I begin this day. You are my hiding place, and under your wings I can always find refuge. Protect me from trouble wherever I go, and keep evil far from me. No matter where I am, I will look to you as my protector, the one who fights for me every day. Your love and faithfulness, along with your goodness and mercy, surround me daily. 
so I will not fear whatever might come against me. My trust is in you, God, and I give thanks to you for your love and protection. In Jesus' name, amen. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two is the call-in number. And welcome into the serious side of the J. Rouse Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio at its best. Of course, I'm J. Rowell, and I never share this stage by myself. My, my family's in the house. Vanessa Mae Bell's in the house. Miss Jackie's in the house. And, of course, the man, Mr. L, to the E to the S, is in the place to be as well. Let's bring them all in to say good morning. Good morning, Vanessa. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday? Good morning, good morning. Happy Pride Sunday to uh, those of you out there, and I'm just glad to be here. Well, we are so happy that you are in the house. Thank you so much for being here. Jackie is in the place to be as well. Good morning, Jackie. How are you? I am doing well. How's everybody doing? Well, everybody's doing well. I hope so, anyway, especially in these turbulent times. But we're glad that you are in the place to be as well. And, of course, the man that gets the first and last word here on the serious side, the one and only Mr. L to the E to the S, is in the place to be as well. Good morning, sir. How are you doing on this beautiful Sunday? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you and mom. Good morning, Nessa. Mom. Good morning, Rich Sister. Mom. Good morning, Kathleen. Mom. Good morning, Mary and the Music. Mom. Good morning, Momo B. And good morning, my brother Hulk. And good morning, my brother Jerome. The number three four seven. Look at you. Go ahead, on Vanessa. What you say, Vanessa? I said, look at Mr. Retiree decided to come and spend some time with us. <laughs> She's always starting some stuff. Look at her. Look at her. Always starting the sound to sound. The number is three four seven eight five zero one two seven two three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You can be a part of the conversation this morning. We'd love to hear from you. And of course, this is the part of the show where we uh, take a little bit of personal privilege to kind of kick things around. And uh, it's been a minute since we had everybody in the place to be, so it's always fun to be able to catch up with everyone and have those types of conversations. Now, you know, I'm here in town. Me and Mr. Elias is actually together, so I hope you're not hearing any feedback from my mic. Uh, but I am here in the 219. I came in town for my 40th class reunion, high school class reunion. And uh, I have to say it's, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Boop, your mic is completely off. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it was fun. It was great seeing people that I hadn't seen in a long time. Um, it was just a good time. And, you know, when you sit back and think about it, um, 40 years is a long time. And, you know, they give you a handout with, you know, the festivities and everything that you're going to do, uh, especially on prom night. We had prom night on Friday night, which was pretty cool. But there was a page, Mr. Elias, that had a list of fallen classmates. And, man, I tell you what, I counted. There were 42 names on that list of people who are no longer with us. And there were people on that list that I didn't had, I didn't even know they had passed. It just goes to show, man, you have to count your blessings and count every day and live your, you know, live every day if, it, if it's your last. I would totally have to agree with you, Jay, because, you know, you never know when God's going to take you out when it's your time. So we got to live each day like it is our last, man. That's why I'm doing everything I can right now, you know. Yeah, it's just it was a it was just a, a sombering moment for me to see all those names on there. 
I remember our 10-year our anniversary, there were a few names. And then our 20-year anniversary, there were a few names. Uh, but I can't recall it being 41. And the reality is, by the time of our 50th class reunion, that list is going to be a lot longer. Who knows whose name's going to be in the hell? I may even be on the list, but my goodness, man, it's just it was just an eye-opening experience. And so it made the weekend and the moments with friends uh, very special. And our class is a unique class. It's like we really are close, and it was really fun to be able to spend time with everyone. So shout-outs to the class of 1982, the Roosevelt Panthers. Uh, I did a little experiment, experiment too, and I have to say this live. Mr. Elias was completely right. And let me tell you guys what I'm talking about here. I've been a guy who have always been against fraternities, right? I thought it's just a bunch of nonsense, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's from past experiences uh, from a guy that I, tr- I tried to go Mason and the guy that tried to get me across, he did some hellacious stuff. I'm not going to go into details about what he did. Then I know another guy who was actually frat who told me the same thing, that they tell you that, you know, being a frat brother means that they're going to look out for you in the future. And and he gave me a number of examples of people who who were frat who didn't look out for him. So, you know, Mr. Elias, I'm driving his car while I'm here, right? And so he has this big old frat thing on his license plate. And I said, man, please, nobody that stuff. He said, man, somebody's going to come up to you and then get you with the frat. I said, man, whatever. And I'm thinking, they're not even going to know anything about me. I'm going to act like I'm frat and see what happens. And he was right. <laughs> God dang it. A brother walked up to me and was like, yo, frat. I'm like, yeah. And he started asking me questions. I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> so, I said, this brother's right. So I have to publicly uh, say, Pastelius, you're absolutely correct. And, uh, you know, the brothers of uh, you, what are you by? What are you, man? What's your what's your fraternity? Five Beta Sigma. The brothers of Five Beta Sigma, uh, I salute you, cats, because you guys are on top of your game. So I was wrong, bro. I have to say it loud and say it proud. I was wrong. <laughs> Damn. Damn, man, hey man, you know I knew that was gonna happen because I went to college with those guys, man. So I knew as soon as they sing that, they were like, "Oh, what's up, what? I knew it. <laughs> They're gonna try and back you up. I knew it. Mm-hmm. He was right. He was right, Vanessa. I, I have to give this man his props. He was right. And you know, I hate to say when he's right, but he's, he was right. He was right. So, uh, you know, kudos to you and the frat, bro. And, uh, you know, man, uh, hope no disrespect for me trying to fake the funk, but I was trying to prove a point. And uh, Mr. Elias is right. So, Vanessa, let's talk about you and what's been happening with you and your world. What's been going on? Okay, so... Oh, Lord. I have been trying to get caterers for the party and get hotel rooms for my 60th birthday. So it has just been a on the phone with the credit card week. Just crazy. Crazy. Uh So that's what I, you know, Bobby and I'll be married 40 years in September. So I'm having my big party. And then I turned 60 in November. So we're doing a all of that crew, so uh-huh. I've got a couple of other couples going with us. So I just—it's just been a busy, uh-huh. busy. It's been busy for you, you and Bobby Jones celebrating. You know, it's always a beautiful thing. I get messages every now and then about you and your uh, escapades, and people are just so jealous about the things that that you and Bobby get out and do. And some people are haters, of course. You have those, but a lot of people are just so. Uh, happy that you are living your best life 
And so kudos to you and Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, for uh, making those decisions. Let me ask you this, because this is something that someone asked me a long time ago, and I never really brought it up uh, because I'm so forgetful nowadays. But, you know, if you had to give advice to a young couple, right, who was just starting off and they want to end up where you are at this stage in your career or in your life, what would you tell them? I mean, what what would be your advice for young folks starting out and, you know, what type of investments, what type of things should they be looking at uh, to be like you when they are, you know, in their 50s and 60s? What would be your advice to those people? First, you have to write a testament to God. And Bobby and I did it every New Year's for about 30 years. We just stopped. Uh the last right we want to test to god what we wanted each year as a goal god uh, we appreciate this and this and this but uh, can we can you help us to get toward this and this and this so right you have to dispose of what it is that you want and you have to be able to to go to ask god for what it is that you want and still so you knew at a young age what you wanted I you knew at a very young age I, what you wanted well, you know, Bobby is seven years older than I am. So Bobby right. told me 20 years that Vanessa, when I turn 62, I'm retiring. So Vanessa and Bobby had to set goals on how to get this houses paid off. The, our first house and our second house paid off so that we could have that money to be able to travel with. You understand what I'm saying? And if you don't uh-huh. have a mortgage, if there's a okay, lot you of broke up. You Re- repeat that again. You, you broke up again. If what did you, you say? If you don't have a mortgage, a house okay. note, okay. Then there's a lot of things that you can do if you don't have a house note. How did Vanessa and Bobby get to pay two houses off and I wasn't really making a lot of money? Well, I paid the house note and I paid half of the principal note this month and the other half the next month. And I did it like that for at least five years. And I okay. paid my house off in 27 years. So, and then wow. I paid the rental property off too. So we have that money coming in and we don't have a mortgage. And then Bobby and I aren't fancy, no offense. We don't drive Mercedes. We don't drive Cadillacs. We drive Nissans and Toyotas, something that we can maintain. It don't cost a fortune when it go in the shop. That's how we are. We're model, which is very... We saw that big, big old pretty Dodge truck and that uh, big old truck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Bust them out. Like bust them out. Well, yeah, go ahead. Bust them out. Bust them out. I don't care about telling how you my roll, baby girl. Uh, Come uh, on, wait, now. So I don't care about telling my business. <laughs> so when we bought the dog, <laughs> we made sure that we bought one that had miles on it. So mm-hmm. it would take the price of it down. So we got a fleet where it is serviced all the time. And we bought it. We traded in Bobby's truck, and then I wrote a check for twenty one thousand. So that's how he is it. And then if you had a job that has a four hundred one k, please make sure that you put that money in your four hundred one k to match what the company is mm-hmm. giving you. Because when those mm-hmm. twenty five years come back around, you're gonna have something to look at, baby. And and most importantly, most importantly, sit down and do it as a couple. Y'all have to be on an even key. One person can't be over there spending all willy-nilly, and the other one is trying to save. Y'all have to be on the same accord. And you have to ask God about it. Don't be asking God to give you all of this stuff, and you're not giving him his. 
Oh, well, look at you. All right. Well, that's what I'm talking about. See, there it is. So listening to the successes of Miss Mrs. Bobby Jones, Bobby Jones, and listening to that. It, 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 well, listen, I tell you what, it's good advice because a lot of times there are a lot of people, especially a lot of couples that look like us who don't have parents who are making those sound decisions. And so it's like, you know, you have to be able to pass advice on to your children. I also look at as what we do on a weekly basis as that advice. You know, so too many times people have talked about how this show has inspired them, how they listen to this show for, for news about our people and, you know, and they, they look up to us. Matter of fact, it was funny at the reunion, a lot of people were like, oh, look, there he is, you know, Mr. J, Mr. J, Ryan, Mr. Radio Guy, you think you saw, I said, oh, calm down, it ain't like that, but I'm glad y'all are listening, <laughs> but, uh, but, it, but it was just so good, it's so good to know that people listen to what you have to say, so it's important for us to be able to put out information that's not only uh, uh, correct and accurate, but, uh, you know, that could change people's lives. And, you know, that's a responsibility that none of us take lightly. So, all right. So, man, we have chopped it up. It is 17 minutes after the hour. You know what time it is. It is time for an NPR News update, and then we'll get into the heavy lifting of the show. A lot to talk about, obviously, and we're going to talk about it. Coming up next, you're listening to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show. Once again, 347-850-1272. That's the number to get in where you fit in. We'll be right back after this. Live from NPR News, I'm Giles Snyder. Rescuers in Ukraine's capital are working to find survivors of a Russian missile attack on an apartment building. The missile slammed into the nine-story building in Kiev early this morning. It was part of a barrage that hit the capital today. And NPR's Greg Myrie reports that Russia has stepped up long-range attacks around the country this weekend. The Russian strike hit the top floor of the residential building in the center of Kiev, rattling the city and sending a plume of smoke into the air just after 6 a.m. The top several floors were badly damaged. Key's mayor, Vitaly Klitschko, said some residents were trapped in the rubble and had to be rescued, including a seven-year-old girl. Russian troops retreated from the outskirts of Kyiv at the end of March, and attacks on the capital have been rare since then. However, Russia has unleashed widespread missile attacks over the weekend, hitting a number of cities in the north and the west of the country that are not often targeted. Greg Myrie, NPR News. The U.S. and other group of seven nations will ban the imports of gold from Russia. NPR's Tamara Keith reports on this latest effort to cut Russia off from the global financial system. President Biden's announcement is the first action to come from the G7 meeting that began today in the German Alps. We have to stay together. If Putin has been counting on from the beginning, and somehow NATO would uh, and the G7 would splinter and... Russian gold is its second largest export behind oil. At the G7, the leaders will spend significant time discussing global food and fuel shortages tied to the war, as well as inflation, which has been exacerbated by the supply challenges. Tamara Keith, NPR News, Telfs, Austria. The Ukrainian president's office says the latest Russian missile strikes on Kyiv show that sanctions should be more aggressive and include a European Union embargo on Russian gas. As nearly two dozen states move to ban or restrict access to abortion following Friday's Supreme Court ruling, both supporters and opponents of abortion rights have been demonstrating in cities across the country and in front of the Supreme Court building itself. 
As NPR's Danielle Kurtzleben reports. It was an emotional day for some who support abortion rights, like Beth Baker of Tacoma Park, Maryland. Well, I have an eight-year-old granddaughter, and I just... (laughs) I can't believe she could maybe be denied access to contraception or if she needed something like an abortion in the future, that she would have to be terrified. Some who support abortion rights fear the court will eventually limit the right to contraception. Protesters who oppose abortion rights were at the court, though it appeared in lesser numbers. They said they were joyful about the ruling, but also anticipating more fights at the state level. Danielle Kurtzleben, NPR News. And this is NPR News. Online radio at its best. The Supreme Court has overruled Roe v. Wade, the 1973 decision giving a nationwide constitutional right to end a pregnancy. The decision is expected to lead to abortion bans or severe restrictions in roughly half the states in just a matter of weeks. The outcome is similar to the leaked draft of the court's opinion uh, that uh, appeared in early May. That was written by Justice Samuel Alito. Alito concluded that Roe and the 1992 case, Planned Parenthood v. Casey, which basically affirmed the right to abortion, were egregiously wrong and needed to be overruled. Welcome back in 347-850-1272. You're listening to the uh, serious side of the Jay Rouse Show, which uh, happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network online radio at its best. Um, abortion is now illegal, are heavily restricted in at least 11 states following the Supreme Court's historical decision on Friday to overturn Roe v. Wade. Twelve other states have laws in place that pave the way to quickly ban or severely, severely, severely restrict access to them. Right? Um, this decision... Uh, the court's ruling on Dobbs versus Jackson's women's health effectively overturned the precedent set by the 1973 Supreme Court ruling in Roe v. Wade, which affirmed that a woman has a right to seek an abortion up until the point that the fetus could be viably outside of the uterus. Um, you know, I, I tell you what, I, as a father, as a girl dad, uh, when the ruling came down, I was heartbroken. Um, because it's really illustrating the direction in which this nation is going. And it's almost a surreal moment for me and for others. I can't believe what's happening here in this country. And we'll start the conversation off right there. Uh, Mr. Elias, always, you get the first word here on the serious side. Your thoughts, man, when the ruling came down on Roe v. Wade? Well, it wasn't unexpected. You know, I expected this to happen all along because, you know, they've been saying it's going to happen. So, you know, I, I thought it was crap. You know, I, I shouldn't be able to tell a woman what to do with her body. I shouldn't. You know, what, what if that, I, I, if the senator in Detroit, his wife, man, she died because she couldn't have an abortion because the baby was, they, they wanted her to carry the baby, but the baby was killing her. So, but because they couldn't have an abortion at the time, it killed her. What about a woman who gets raped? Does she have to deal with that 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 rape? And 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 what about the incest that goes on? 
And should that, did that woman have to deal with that incest for the rest of her life? Come on, man. Where's the compassion at for any of these people? This is just ridiculous. And and, and, and and I should be one that's really against abortion because it happened to me when I was 18. But, hey, right. man, I shouldn't – I don't want nobody telling me what to do with my body, so I don't want nobody. I I I don't think a woman should be told what she should do with her body. And you know, the rest of the rules are coming down too for gay marriages and the rest of the stuff. But I bet you Clarence Thomas won't touch the uh, interracial marriage. Where you want to bet on that one? Yeah, that's a good point. You know, it, it's interesting uh, when you just hear someone talking about it and you just sit back and listen to what this ruling was all about. This ruling is about a woman's right to choose. This ruling is about telling a woman what she can and cannot do with her body. And it's amazing when you sit back and just let that roll off your lips, telling someone what they can and cannot do with their body. It's unbelievable. It's unprecedented. And the Supreme Court, which I'm pretty sure all of you all have heard by now, this is the first time that the Supreme Court has given a right and it's taking it back in the history of the court. We are living through uh, some turbulent times. When you start talking about the fact that you have a president that was impeached twice, right, and we'll talk about him a little later in the show, and you talk about how a Senate who denied one president his constitutional right to appoint a Supreme Court justice but then allow one of the worst individuals who ever, in my opinion, graced the face of this earth, hold the highest office in the country, in the world, and you allow this clown to put three on the Supreme Court. And people talk about all the things that, that Donald Trump did while he was president, and like I said, we'll definitely dive into that as we have a conversation about what's going on with the January 6th commission. But here's where his presidency is going to be have a lasting impact on this nation forever. Right now, we're living in that moment. He was allowed to he was allowed to appoint three Supreme Court justices. Precedented, it's unbelievable. And you know, Vanessa, it'll be interesting to get your take on this because you know one of the things I've run into is when I talk to some women. Some of the women that are past their, you know, childbearing years, it's it's like it's not really having an effect on them. I'm like, but how can you not be affected by this when you have possibly daughters and, you know, granddaughters and nieces, and, you know, and sisters, maybe younger sisters? How How can it not affect you? So give me your thought on this. Give me your thoughts on this uh, ruling by the Supreme Court. So I think that the ruling is going to go a lot further than what people think. I think the ruling, since Brett Kavanaugh sat there and said he wasn't going to have an opinion on it, and then that lady said she wasn't going to have an opinion on it, all of them lied, uh, I think that it's going to start trickling down to same-sex marriage. I think it's going to start trickling down into contraceptives and if people can take them and when they can't take them and I think that this is just going to be the beginning of the biggest fight that my daughter's generation has seen 
this was my mother's fight. It wasn't my fight. But now it will be my daughter's fight and your daughter's fight, Jay, because they're going to want be the ones fighting to get that right back. So I said this before the ruling came down. I'm going to stick with what I said. And if they wanted to slow abortion down, then they should have said women who are four months pregnant cannot have an abortion because that's actually a child and they could consider that as murder. But to say you just can't have an abortion, incest, rape, nothing, have so many backwood sister and brother babies that you've ever seen in your life. This is fixing to be the biggest mess. That's not what I want to say. This is going to be the biggest mess that you ever want to see. So I do believe that there are some women that have baby abortions all willy-nilly, and they keep having them, and they be four months pregnant when that's actually a child. But that's still their right. That's still their decision. That's still between them and their God. I don't believe Okay. Yeah, you threw me off a little bit. Cause I'm, I'm, okay, I'm glad that uh... – because when you, well, you said something I, about the murder. Okay, that's to me, Jay. I'm, you asked Vanessa. So okay, so I'm me, just getting some clarity. You, well, yeah, because I said it three months ago, and I don't want anybody to come back and say, Vanessa's changing her tune. That's not what she said. What I did say, and I still stick with this, I think that the average woman knows at four months that she's pregnant. That's four menstrual cycles. They know that they're pregnant. And by then, that baby's sucking a thumb. So to go and have an abortion, to me, Vanessa, that murder, because that's a child. That's a whole body sucking a thumb. It's wow. But, but okay. Vanessa, but, but to tell a woman at two or three months that after she didn't miss her cycles or whatever, some women never not have a cycle. But but by four months, you know you're pregnant. And to me, that's a whole person. I know people say that's between them and and their God, and it is. But this is Vanessa's opinion. And so I I think it's horrible that they would take the right away from women to be able to have abortions, especially those that are raped, those with incest. Honey, it's some backwoods incest going on that's going to be unbelievable when Jolene come back and, and be pregnant at 12 and it's Billy Bob or John Brown's baby and it's the brother. I just, this is going to be the biggest mess. But you know what? Trump said he was going to do this. Trump said he was going to do it. So, and he did it. And he did it. But you know what? So, to me, Joe Biden needs to kind of put some people on the court. I know people are saying that he can't stack the court. Okay, well, Trump did. He, he stacked the court with three people. He took one from Obama. So why can't Biden even the court up a little bit? Even though it might take three or four, he at least needs to try to put two on them. But he's going to be a wuss as a Democrat, 
and he's not going to do it, but he should. Well, well, but see, this kind of goes back to President or King. He's not a king, so obviously to do something like that, you need a Congress that's going to support it. You and I both know that's not going to happen because you need a supermajority. It's just not going to happen. It's not even realistic. And so, you know, I guess if they were playing the, the, the playing that game, you know, the bottom line is, why would I even put forth something that's not going to pass? It's just not going to make any sense. Then it would be a failure. So you want to see them try? I mean, come on. let's. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm, the jury's still out on that. You're right. But, but You're right. I, I have no idea. I have, I have no idea. Well, yeah. Well, I, I don't wish he. I don't wish he had those powers because if he had those powers, then you know Donald Trump would have had those powers. I mean, you know, we're democracy. We don't have, you know, we don't have a monarchy. We have a, a government. So no, I don't wish he had the ability to do that. I get it, Vanessa, but that's still a part of the process. That's a part of the process. And it kind of goes back to who? People like me and you that need to get out and vote. Even though, you know, I mean, I was listening to something. Uh, they were talking to Beto O'Rourke uh, about uh, how he came within two percentage points of beating, uh, of, uh, of beating uh, Ted Cruz. And they asked him, what do you think the issue was? Uh, you know, that Texas will never turn blue. He said, no, there were over, he said, I think 7 million people that were eligible to vote who didn't vote. You know, so, you know, if you don't vote, you have no voice. So you can't stand on any platform and bitch and complain about anything, ching, ching, when you're not participating in the process. You have no voice. You want to have a voice? Then get out and vote. Stop saying, well, it's not going to make a difference. Well, if 10 million of y'all saying that, that it's not going to make a difference, that's 10 million votes that did not get cast. So you have yeah. nothing to say. So, so, Jackie, I'm curious as to, you know, being a woman, you know, give me your thoughts on Roe v. Wade and, you know, give me your thoughts of uh, what are you thinking now that this decision, even though we knew it was happening, there's still the finality of it. There's still a little bit of a shock value for me. Give me your thoughts on it. Approaching. Uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Hello? Yes, we can. Go ahead. Okay. Well, um, as you know, I'm not a fan. I'm not a sports uh, and I've realized, let me just say this, I've realized really why the hard left are doing it. And it's really just about a continuation of just being drunk with power. You know, I, I, I know with them, it's, they're power hungry. And to me, with them, it ain't got nothing to do with religion. They're drunk with power. Okay, you're losing me. You're saying that this is a continuation of what? Uh, just being drunk with power, because they, I, I believe to them saying about the religion, it's it's a smokescreen. Because I mean, what this party has turned into the so-called, because the Republicans were known as the so-called moral party, but it's far from it now. I just believe that's become a party that's been drunk with power. But nevertheless, you know, as I've stated before, I'm not 
I'm not a fan of, I'm not for abortion, but, right. you know, people are going to make their decisions on, you know, doing this and whatever have you. And people, you know, they're going to make their decisions on doing it or not. That's all I have to say. Yeah, all right, yeah, because you have a lot of background noise going. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Uh, you know, I, we can't have it both ways. And, and so, at the end of the day, you know, uh, either you believe in a woman's right to choose or you don't. I mean, I guess what I'm hearing is is that you we have your have own personal feelings. You can't have it both ways, Vanessa. You can't say you have your opinion. You're no different than the Supreme Court justice. A Supreme Court justice is supposed to rule on precedent, right? You're not supposed to have your own personal feelings involved in this thing. The law is the law. Well, I know you're not, but what I'm – I understand that, Vanessa. Yes. So, Jay, hold on. Hold on, Jay. So, hypothetical. Yes. A a friend or a cousin or whoever gets pregnant, has an abortion at four months, it's done. She back out there next year. She have another abortion at four months. How big do you think of you got children, Jay? How big is okay. a fetus at four? Months? How big is a fetus at four months, Jay? I, I hear what you're saying. I, I really do. Is, so, so, so I guess you what you're saying is if, if Jay, because you can have stipulations, you can have stipulations, Jay. Well, then you, okay, but so then what you're doing and saying is that you're telling a woman what she can do with her body, basically. Okay. Well, you know what, Jay? What? This will never, ever, ever be um, decided. I mean, it just will never come out to be right or fair because even before they count down, Roe versus Wade, people were out there picketing and striking and bombing them and throwing them, you know. So it's just, I hate that women lost the right. I think that they could have made it so that women had the right, but not when the fetus can get up and freaking walk. But, but, you're, but you're contradict. You're talking out of both sides of your mouth. I have said this. Since this mess came up, that I did I, not I, know I did. how women have the right to choose, but they should not abort a baby at four or five months. No, I don't think that's I, right. I, listen, I'm not arguing your point. I'm not arguing your beliefs. People can believe what they want to believe. That's, you know, that's, okay. once again, your favorite line. That's why Baskin and Robin has 33 flavors. Don't say I'm contradicting. Because I'm not. Yeah, but you are. I'm but Vanessa, is he, Vanessa, yes, you are. Vanessa, if you're saying that a person has the right to do something unless with stipulations, that means they don't have a right. That means you're putting restrictions in place. If you're saying I have the right to do something only under these conditions, then guess what? That's, I don't have the right then. Because if I don't okay. follow the conditions you put in place, then guess what? It's not my right. Am I, am I, am I correct in saying that? Am I wrong? And you know what? That's what? not my view on that. 
But if that's going to be your view on that, I don't care. But I, I'm I trying to understand your – I'm trying to understand – listen, Vanessa, I'm just trying to understand your view. I'm not questioning your view. Well, I'm not going to say I'm not questioning I'm not – my view is don't no. be out there screwing and then wait until a baby is that big and then decide that you're going to go have an abortion. Well, they, okay. That's All right, I'm three, four, seven. So, okay, I got you. I hear, I hear what you're saying. Three, four, seven, eight, five, oh, one, two, seven, two. Uh, let's see where we are. Most of the show is going to be about this. Let me bring in the smartest man in the world, Mr. Jerome Scrave, uh, who brings you on a weekly basis, on a need-to-know basis. Mr. Jerome is in the house. Man, good morning, Jerome. How you doing, brother? I'm sure Jerome is going to chew me a new behind you, but I'm here. <laughs> hey, Vanessa. Oh, I'm good, man. How you doing? Good That's morning, why Jerome. I go to church, because I have a conscience. <laughs> oh, Jesus. All right, so, Jerome, okay. I, let me just uh, <laughs> let me get your opinion on, on this whole thing, man, Roe v. Wade. Uh, most of the show is going to be about this, so we'll listen to what Jerome has to say. We'll stop by, take a break, and we'll pick up the conversation right where we left off. Go ahead, man. Give me your thoughts on this. Okay, you know, you're okay. Here's what I want. I need you to be specific. My my thought of Roe versus Wade, just general, generally, is yes. that it's it's not necessarily um, the issue of abortion. It's more of an issue of control. And so right. the Supreme Court contradicted itself. Right? It's saying, hey, you have a right to have this object, which is a gun, but you don't have a right for your own body, which is crazy right. because the country is kind of founded on liberty, the pursuit of happiness, and, you know, the, the right to be able to pursue happiness in whatever way that you choose with liberties. So when you have liberties, that means you have some kind of freedom. So in, the, in that sense, they're saying, oh, you have freedom to carry a gun anytime you want to. Right. We have the, like the government cannot tell you not to carry a gun. But we can tell you that you have to carry a baby. That's right. contradicting. So, exactly. you know, the Supreme Court is wrong. But more importantly, I'm amused by all of these women um, groups that's out there and that's fighting to say they were wrong and they're taking away our freedom when they know that 55% of white women voted for Trump and his ass started that ball rolling. So yep. the irony is that people vote against their own against their own interests and then want us to feel some kind of way about that. Now I live right. in a state where it's not really going to affect me, but at the right. same time, people are doing that minority people. Now and I'm not even calling them conservative Republicans. I am saying the um, the people who want to keep power and who are just mad, right? Mm-hmm. Because they don't believe in this stuff either. But they they want to put restraints on people. They love chaos. So Ted hmm. Cruz, he's supposed to be smart, right? Them dudes love chaos. He's supposed to be. And, and we're <laughs> talking about a, a pathology of white folks that we cannot sit here and act as if there's some rational conversation that we can have about why one day they think this and then the other day they think the complete opposite or, like in this case, on the same day. <laughs> they thought one right. thing and the complete opposite at the same time and then ruled. But we're in a country that does this, right? So mm-hmm. after yeah. after the Civil War, you're like, oh, black people have freedom. 
Then Jim Crow comes in. And if you don't know, um, the blueprint for the Holocaust for, for, um, for Hitler was Jim Crow era stuff. Like, he really studied how white folks was treating black people to have a blueprint on how to do what he did in Germany. Shouldn't that tell you something? That should tell sure. you how maddening that is. So, you know, I, my initial thought, I, I didn't see when a ruling came down. I kind of caught up a little bit on it. But this, that whole outrage one way or another, you have Republicans who are happy. How evil is that? Who are happy about restraining other people in their lives that they can't control because they know that poor people are more affected. Where white people are just going to pre- or rich people, I'm sorry, are going to fly their children to other states. There you go. They're gonna, this is not going to affect um, wealthy people. It just doesn't. You're right. You're so absolutely every law correct. Has a contradictory law. Yes. Absolutely, yeah. I agree with you, brother. I agree with you. You are absolutely correct about that. But not just black people, Jerome. It is going to affect. Poor poor people. I did say that. Country like people. Right. He said that. No. Lower class, white and black. It it has nothing to do with black people. I can tell you this. If if, if, they could have had a Vanessa, if they could have had a narrow ruling, the narrow ruling would have been like this: black people can have abortions. They would have done that in a minute. And you know why I know that? Yeah. It's because white folks have a negative birth rate in 27 states. They're yep. more dying than being born. They're, they're playing a longer that. game for something else that's much, um, much crazier than you can imagine. Other than I said that, we feel like it's a white people are dying race and that the Hispanics are taking over. And that the Hispanics are not taking over. It's black people that they're concerned about. Right. When, when, yeah. What happens with Hispanic culture? Yeah, what happened with Spanish culture is they consider themselves to be white. That's why white Hispanics are um, are siding with the Republican Party. They're not worried about them taking over. They will never let Spanish people take over. Spanish people will keep white people in power. Is the issue? Yeah. It's not that All they're right. taking over. All right, I got to step in. All right, three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. It is time for a convener in four minutes or less. Something that you need to know. You know, we're, we're talking about Roe v. Wade. We're 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 going to talk about what's happening with January with the January sixth commission. I tell you what, we still have uh, COVID that's out there. Uh, we still have something called the monkeypox that's out there as well. So in this week's edition of four minutes or less, we're going to take a look at some things that are still going on. We have to be able to walk and chew gum at the same time. It is convener time in four minutes or less. That's something that you need to know. We'll be right back. What a uh, spirited conversation. You listen to the serious side of the J. Ryle Show, 347-850-1272. There's growing concern that the monkeypox outbreak in the U.S. is much larger than the official case count suggests. For example, in New York City, there are only around two dozen known cases, but the health department there announced today that it's expanding its vaccination program. Overall, in the U.S., there are only about 160 confirmed cases, but scientists say that number is misleading. Well, here to explain more about what's going on with monkeypox is NPR's Michaeline Duclef. Hey, Michaeline. Hi, Elsa. Okay, so what is the evidence that this outbreak is bigger than the confirmed case numbers? 
Yeah, so for many of the confirmed cases, health officials don't know how the person caught, caught monkeypox. They haven't traveled or come into contact with another infected person. So that means the virus is likely spreading cryptically in some cities and some states. Well, why are there so many cases that could be getting missed? Like, hasn't the CDC been alerting the public and doctors about this for weeks now? Yeah, we have on this show. <laughs> we have. Um, but to put it bluntly, the U.S. has pretty much dropped the ball on monkeypox testing. I was talking to Coletso Makafani about this. He's an epidemiologist at Harvard University. He says the testing situation right now is abysmal. And he went on to tell me about a person he knows who started having symptoms of monkeypox last week. He starts to experience swollen lymph nodes and rectal discomfort. So the man goes to see a doctor and tells the doctor specifically, I think I have monkeypox. Please test me. But the doctor doesn't. Pain worsens so bad that it interferes with his sleep. So Sunday, this past Sunday, he goes to a big academic hospital, the emergency room uh, in New York. And again, the man tells doctors, please test me for monkeypox. At this point, the man has a lesion, which is another key sign of it. The next time, this time, though, the doctors, including an infectious disease specialist, tell the man he might have colon cancer. Oh, my God, really? Chad, Magasani says this person is a scientist and has, you know, really access to, to the best doctors in the world and the best medical knowledge out there. And if, so if he can't get a test, then really, who can? Yeah. Eventually, this man does actually, though, reach out to an activist and a doctor working to increase testing access, and then he finally gets a monkeypox test after seeing more than four doctors. Jeez, and the results of that test? Yeah, he was positive. You know, Makafani is working directly with federal health officials on this outbreak, and he actually launched his own study to try to figure out how common scenarios like this are in the U.S. right now. So do researchers know what's keeping doctors from ordering tests? So right now, there seem to be two big problems. First, many doctors and nurses don't actually know what monkeypox looks like in the clinic. Mm-hmm. It's different than what it looks like in medical textbooks. And public health agencies haven't gotten that message across about what to be on the lookout for. Second, the current testing system that the CDC has set up makes it very difficult for doctors to order tests. I was talking to Jennifer Nuzzo about this. She's an epidemiologist at Brown University. She says providers have to go out of their way to order a test. The process is cumbersome and time-consuming, and sometimes they have to sit on the phone for hours. We need to make it as easy as possible for clinicians to send specimens to the laboratories. Time is not on our side here. You know, every day delay, we are missing links in the transmission chain and allowing this outbreak to grow possibly beyond control. Which means monkeypox could become a permanent problem in the U.S. So what is the CDC doing to fix these problems? So it says it's working to ramp up testing at the main labs that health providers use, and they're aiming to make this testing easier sometime in July. But the agency declined to comment on anything beyond that. That is NPR's Michaeline Ducleff. Thank you so much, Michaeline. You're welcome, Elsa. Smallest moments can have the biggest impact on a child's life. 
Take time to be a dad today. Oh, those boys are much too much. Those boys are much too much. Online radio at its best. Elliot, I want to read a little bit from uh, Justice Samuel Alito. He says, we hold that Rowan Casey, which was the 1992 decision, must be overruled. The Constitution makes no reference to abortion, and no such right is implicitly protected by any constitutional provision, including the one on which the defenders of Rowan Casey now chiefly rely, due process clause of the 14th Amendment. Uh, Justice Alito saying it's not in the original text, therefore it does not exist. Uh, that has implications not just for abortion rights. Uh, any number of rights, and even though he sort of hints, and he, and he did this in, in that first draft, that you know, those other rights aren't on the chopping block. Look, um, the dissent from Justice Thomas makes very clear that there is a voice on the Supreme Court that is willing to go after or at least address the question of um, same-sex marriage or contraception or whatever. And it's the same general legal framework that would strike them down. Welcome back in 347-850-1272 as we continue our conversations about the, you know, about the ruling Roe v. Wade. The Supreme Court has uh, pretty much shut it down, reversed the precedent that's been in the makings for me, my goddamn near my whole lifetime. Uh, and as you heard on the lead-in, talking about other things that could be, you know, within the wheelhouse, other things that could be within range that uh, that the Supreme Court can come out and, and go against. You know, uh, uh, just, Justice Clarence Thomas is talking about, well, wait a minute, what about, uh, you know, contraception, you know? Well, hey, you know? So, so when you look at this ruling, it is not, Vanessa, in my opinion, it is not unrealistic to think that they could go after you know, voting rights. They can go after interracial marriages. They can go after same-sex marriages. I mean, it this opens the floodgates for them to just go and just overturn precedent after precedent after precedent. So my question to you is, do you see that in the future? Do you think that this is something that they are capable of doing now that they've overturned something that every damn Supreme Court justice during the nomination process, lied and said that they wouldn't overturn it. We're going to play that clip here a little later on. It's amazing how these people just lie and don't think that they're being videotaped. People are just horrible. You can never trust a person to make that. They are. I mean, we put faith in, oh, you're the Supreme Court. Oh, you're the, the highest court. Those jokers are just as rotten as anybody else. And, if, and, if, and to prove that point, look at what we've been talking about with Clarence Thomas and his wife. I mean, they're rotten. Rotten to the core. Give me your thoughts, Vanessa. Okay, so that's, let me put some money in the jar. Ching, 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 it's money in the jar. Number one, that helper called and, and told Anita Hill that she needed to apologize to her husband for saying the things that she said about him. That wank needs to be put on court on new uh, uh, on that justice thing that they're doing during the week, so they can get up there and ask her some questions while she's making love and whispering in the Supreme Court justice ear about stuff he needs to be voting against. I am so past limit with him and her white ass that I don't know what to do. So she needs to be talked to and put up on that court stand 
and ask questions just like everybody else? And how is he able to make a fair decision about anything when he has a wife whispering in his ear what he needs to vote on? So I am past these term limits. I was past the term limits when Sheila Jackson Lee here in Houston. I am past these term limits. People need, they don't need to have lifetime justice positions. They sat there and lied. I'm not going to vote on this, and I'm not going to vote on this. Now, that black lady who just got on there who said that there were things that she wasn't going to vote on, if, now, if she votes on it, oh, she said she wasn't going to vote on it. Well, your wife was sitting there and said they wasn't going to vote on it. I am just floored with the mess that's going on. I could just, I'm just sitting here looking like how all of these Republicans, how all of these, these people are just lying. And then as soon as a Democrat or a black person does the same crap they did, they want to point the damn finger. They can all go. Well, it's double down. standards. The, wow. Okay. Tell us how you really feel. Wow. Just uh, let it all hang out. Not, Good job. Okay. And well, you well, are I, too. Well, and, I know. And Texas, and you know what? These people, these youngsters here in Texas that didn't go vote, and, but I'm going to be like Les. Let me sound like Les for a few minutes on his Facebook page. I blame all of y'all who didn't go and vote in 2016. That's who I blame. Mm-hmm. Y'all yeah. didn't yeah. like Hillary, so you just didn't go vote, and now look what we got, and now look what you did. All these children... These youngsters, I call them children, all these youngsters that didn't go vote like my daughter and her friends with their educated asses making six figures, them, them, they're the ones that's going to have to deal with this Roe versus Wade mess because y'all were too bougie to get your butt up and go and vote because you didn't like Hillary. So you know what? Y'all live with this crap that's going to go on. You know, Vanessa, uh, you know, people are saying that the 2016 uh, presidential election is going to probably go down as one of the most, uh, uh, and you're right, one of the most uh, generational change, changing uh, elections in this nation's history because that allowed that fool to get in the get in the office, and it's just unbelievable how all this has gone down. But, Ms. Kelly, as you referenced, you, you know, um, when we talk about some of the other things that this Supreme Court can come in and overturn. Who's to say that they won't go after voting rights? Who's to say they won't go after same-sex marriage? Who's to, who's to say that they won't go after some of these, uh, you know, once again, precedents that we've been living uh, our, our whole lives? These are things that we never thought we would see changed. You know, we're having a conversation, Roe v. Wade. I remember hearing a long time ago, man, they'll never overturn Roe v. Wade. Hell, they may even overturn affirmative action. Man, everything is on the table now, right? Uh, yes, of course it is. And we we sat there and let it happen, man. But, you know, and, and there's nothing we've done about it to change it. You know, people won't vote. They don't get out to vote. They don't think their vote counts. I don't know how many times I've heard that from people. My vote doesn't count. This doesn't happen. This that doesn't happen. Well, now you see. Now you see what your vote does. And then I still hear people talking, brothers and sisters, black folks talking about how they miss Trump in office. You know, and I was like, how could you miss this clown in office? Well, things were better financially for me. That's because you were living off 
the Obama rules, man. That's that's that was the Obama administration's policy that you were living off of. So yes, of course you were going you're going to be a product of that environment. Just like right now, we're living off of Trump's rules. Everything that he passed, this is this is the product of it. Like when he's blocking infrastructure. Uh, uh, all the uh, tariffs and all this other stuff. All, all we living off all that stuff. So yes, of course, you know people are not gonna get out to vote, and this is what we're gonna live with. We're gonna have to live with this stuff for a long, long time, man. And there's nothing we can do about it right now. I don't think so. I, I really and truly believe that uh, that we are living in turbulent times. But here's here's my question uh, for you, Jerome. Uh, do you think? Now that this ruling is out there, that uh, it will change the tide when it comes to November, because you know everyone's saying that Democrats are going to definitely lose the House and possibly the Senate. Do you see this as being uh, one of those uh, rulings that will motivate the base and get people out and say, you know what, no more? Or do you think it's just going to be the same old, same old? People are just going to, you know, bitch and complain, ching ching, and uh, and then don't do anything. Well, okay, first so. Since I really don't buy into that stuff that much, I know the Democrats yeah. are not going to lose the House and Senate. No, so well, I, I'm glad I you're that. So when people, when the news keeps saying that, again, it's a part of the pathology of of compliance. So mm-hmm. even though you think that you have these two opposing parties, you have um, one that is extreme and one that is neutral is what's going on. So just like okay. with, with Nancy Pelosi and all of those guys, they needed to be audited for a different reason, right, that they're not changing the way they do business. But when, when Paul Ryan and those guys was in there, they was running roughshod over that piece. So um, Schumer's there. Um, he would have suspended the rules on the filibuster. If they had one more person, the – Republicans will suspend the rules on filibuster, and then the Democrats want to abide by the rules. So when I hear people like say things like, well, the news, there's liberal left and right, no, that's you evening up a score. The trick is is that the, when Keith Oberman was on MSNBC, he got fired when um, Comcast bought them because – Comcast is conservative. So if the conservatives owns the liberal media, then technically what is liberal? So you have that. You have CNN, who is middle of the road. They're always making things even, uh, even number of con- um, Republicans and even number of Democrats, and that's confusing. So you have the minority in power ruling everybody else and everybody else going along with them, right? You had – when Obama was there, they were losing their mind over a freaking tan suit. But Trump can go there, have his daughter cut cut deals and get like 20 patents from the Chinese, and Kushner, after he's out of office, get some like $5 billion deal from the Saudis when he was meeting with them when he was at the White House. Ain't nobody saying nothing about that. So we need to look at this stuff honestly and stop being so frustrated with the pathology of the people who are um, maintaining the same kind of status quo and standard that they did in the freaking 1800s. They're always going to side whatever keeps white folks comfortable because there's something to be said about 
when they feel they don't understand something, as long as it doesn't hurt them, it can hurt everybody else. Right? We went through this with Clinton when when um, that whole pride thing that people have with he had a sister soldier moment. Well, sister soldier's ass was right. And history shows that it's right. But people still keep referring to that as a Democrat standing up against black people. Black people never have policies to hurt or kill white people. Never. But we can't seem to get over our head that there's a war against minorities in this community that has been constant. Since constant since since folks hit this shore. You know, and I'm sure I'm not the only one that repeats the fact that black people are aborigines to North America and South America. Stop talking about we since we came over here on slave ships. White people have always been the same since they got here. We're the ones who are projecting um, our compassion and our hopefulness and all of that stuff onto them. And what are they doing with it? How are they spending your trust when you trust in them? So when you talk about, you know, elections and elections have consequences, don't blame these kids for not voting. The, the problem is, is that if we are still putting in the same people with the same pathology, we need to do something else. I, I beg to differ. I, seem, I, I believe I that so if blame. folks wasn't suppressing votes like they normally do, Hillary would have won. But, so course. we can't see the suppression. No, I'm just saying we like to we like take the blame on You're ourselves wrong. when You're something wrong. happens. Seven million people did not vote in the state of Texas when it right. was Pennsylvania. Seven, seven million people who did not seven vote. Seven million. I'm sorry, but I'm just saying I'm, I understand. you do need to put children, not children. Excuse me. These young adults do need to take responsibility for not getting their butt out of that bed and go voting. They do, Jerome. You can't say right. don't I'm, blame them. Vanessa, no, I'm not, Jerome, I'm not disagreeing with you. You just said don't blame them. Yes, I'm saying don't blame them. I do. I I, I will always maintain that because he did he did not win because black people didn't get out and vote. Right? Don't blame black people. He he lost I because fifty black people. 50, Jerome, 50, you taking my words that you want to make them sound like what you want to sound like. I never said black people. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. My daughter's bougie ass. When you said your daughter, I assume we're talking about black people. My bad. But my daughter's friends aren't all black, and neither are mine. Okay. So let's not. Okay. okay, I'm saying, okay, so let's not take young people. Let's not take young people. What I'm saying to you is that 53% in polling of white females who were polling to vote for Hillary turned around and 55% of them voted for Trump. I'm saying that it's not just the young people's issue. It is an issue of complacency, right? And that's where I'm going with that. I don't really dissect, you know, different groups like that, but I, I can. What I'm saying is that there is a general um, a pathology that's going in this country, and regardless on how we try to tweak it on the edges, yes, if young people would have got out the vote, she she would have won. Yes, we could do that. If more black people would have got out, she probably would have won, right? Just in Michigan, in, in Pennsylvania by itself, they were under um, Hillary Clinton's campaign didn't do enough in Pennsylvania and um, in Michigan. 
And if she would have did that, we wouldn't even be having this conversation. She would have won. We're talking 10,000 votes. That's their campaign's fault, right? So we can start, I can blame a lot of people for that. I'm not going to because the bigger picture is that we're dealing with something that's bigger than chipping away at the edges. I can tell you that even when I talk to young people, young people are engaged. And I don't care where they are. They're engaged. But it depends. It's not just the message. It is the messenger. Because I don't, you know, if you don't talk at them, they're complacent, but they will follow something that makes sense to them. I don't write off young people like that. And, and all I'm saying is that when it comes down to it, the reason that things are not changing is because there's always this concerted effort to stop black people from voting, stop them. You know, black people have these long lines in Georgia and in South Carolina. They're doing things on the ground level that is tweaking the outcomes. And then what we do is we blame the people who did not come out. So even at 7 million in Texas that did not come out, Hillary didn't lose because she lost Texas. She's going to lose Texas generally anyway. She lost because she lost Michigan and Pennsylvania. And that's about 10,000 votes that we're talking. So it's really small. But I can tell you that white females switch from giving Trump 55%. It's on them because they don't find him to be a threat because, again, white women don't fear the Klan or neo-Nazis. That's their queen. So no matter what they're saying out of their mouth, they vote against their interests. And now that they're taking away civil liberties, it's so that white women have more kids. That's their issue in the evangelical side. They don't, they don't care about black people. They'd kill us all, all off if they could. Their issue is black, white women are not having enough babies. And I think I did that story where the Pope said that. He said, and he said it like the right people aren't having babies. And I can't believe black people still go to a Catholic church because of that. And that's this current pope. That was a few months ago. So all I'm saying is in the bigger picture, we can, we can argue about stuff on the edges if we want to. But there's a bigger game that's being played that we need to, um, we need to see and we need to adjust to. You know, I think it's Dr. Neely Fuller that, that said that we need to make a decision, and if, it, if our decision to participate is no, we need to figure out what we're going to do, and if it's yes, we need to figure out what we're going to do. So if you're going to participate in the system, then you need to figure out how to get people out to vote. And if you're not going to participate, you need to figure out what an alternative looks like. Because we can't, we can't rely on the government. Government has never really helped black people. I mean, just think about the fact that when they stopped, and this has to be during Reagan's time, when they started slashing government, black people working in post office, black people who had A8 contracts, black people who were guaranteed a certain amount of work through the government, all of that stopped. So black businesses across this country started drying up. And nobody's fixed that since Reagan. And then we go back and be like, how can we in this condition? You know, we, we're making money, the Internet, you know, Kanye's got money. Like, we see money. But it's not filtering down to the community like it should because all of those policies that are put in place that, that hinders us 
from having any kind of success. Those things have been there for eons, and every elected official that we put in there never gets rid of them. Never. So we need to be focused. So, again, instead of Biden going along with the party, and I'm not blaming him. His pathology is the same as everybody else. I don't even mess with Biden. But the fact that when Trump came into office, he unraveled things that Obama did. When, when Biden got in office, he didn't unravel what Trump did. He's like, let's live with this and try to build something better inside of this. I would have got rid of that freaking Space Force. Would have been the first executive order I had. Right? Right. White folks would create stuff and they would just leave it. And that's problematic and it's yep. maddening that we have conversations acting like we had some contribution to any of this stuff. We did not. All right. We got to go. Uh, we'll be right back after this.
Nearly one in five Americans are living with a mental health condition, from our children and grandparents to our veterans, co-workers, and neighbors. For all of us, our mental well-being is just as important as our physical health. But unfortunately, most of us don't know how to recognize the signs that someone is in emotional distress, and so many of those who are having difficulty can't get the help they need. And together, we can change this. We can start by visiting changedirection.org and learning the five signs that may mean someone is struggling and needs help. And then it's up to us to show compassion, to reach out, to connect, help folks find the hope and the support they need. Together, we can change the story about mental health in America. Together, we can change direction. Online radio at its best. Welcome back in three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. You're listening to the Serious Side of the J. Rowell Show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS Radio Network, online radio 
at its best. Obviously, the big news today, uh, we're talking about the Roe v. Wade being overturned, uh, what type of effect that it's going to have, the generational impact that it's going to have. If Vanessa mentioned something during the last segment that I wanted just to take a few minutes to, uh, I wanted to play this because one of the things that really irks me about this whole process is how people continue to lie about certain things. Uh, and, and, you know, and the thing that really pisses me off about it is that they act as if, you know, we have, we do not have the ability to go back and listen to what they say. And it goes back to conversations that we've had on the show on so many different occasions, how people, there is no political price for when people say or do things, and then you can come right back and show that they lied. So I want to play a clip here of five Supreme Court justices during their nomination process when they were asked the questions about Roe v. Wade. Let's listen, and we'll talk on the other side. Online radio at its best. Do I have this day an opinion, a personal opinion, on the outcome in Roe versus Wade? And my answer to you is that I do not. But do you think there is as fundamental a concern uh, as legitimacy of the court uh, would be involved if Roe were to be overturned? Well, Mr. Chairman, I think that there, the legitimacy of the court would be undermined in any case if the court made a decision based on its perception of public opinion. So a good judge will consider it as precedent of the United States Supreme Court worthy as treatment of precedent like any other. Senator, I um, said that it's settled as a precedent of the Supreme Court entitled to respect under principles of stare decisis. And one of the important things to keep in mind about Roe v. Wade is that it has been reaffirmed many times over the past uh, 45 years. As Richard Fallon from Harvard said, Roe is not a super precedent because calls for its overruling have never ceased, but that doesn't mean that Roe should be overruled. It just means that it doesn't fall on the small handful of cases like Marbury versus Madison and Brown versus the board that no one questions anymore. <laughs> so, what you just heard, the last, what, Five Republican nominees for the Supreme Court just lie. For me, Mr. Elias, that is why I just can't understand why we put so much faith in man. How we think that these guys are the honorable this. There are no rules in place. Like, for example, we talked about, you know, uh, Clarence Thomas. You know, th th there's nothing in place that forces Clarence Thomas to recuse himself from cases, especially now that we know that his wife has been, like Vanessa says, been pillowed, you know, that pillow talk that's going on between the two of them. There's nothing in place that stops them, that, will, that, that makes him recuse himself from these things. Right. So, you know, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the show, how, you know, every Supreme Court justice voted to release Donald Trump's, you know, the, the communication between people, uh, you know, between, you know, Donald Trump's White House and other people and, and or released this information to the January 6th committee. 
And the only justice who said, nope, I'm not voting for that, is the same justice who now we find out that his wife played an intricate role in trying to get this stuff, you know, overturned. I don't understand, bro, why we are in this situation where we have folks like this on the Supreme Court and we treat them like they're God. We treat them like they're above the law. But then let me and you go out here and break the law and see what happens. It's ridiculous, man. It's totally ridiculous. Your thoughts, please. Well, Jay, bottom line is this, man. You knew doggone well Clarence Thomas was uh, was a jerk when he did what he did to Anita Hill. So let's just call it what it is, man. This guy has been a thorn in our in our side for the longest. He said that um, he was against uh, affirmative action, and that's what helped him put him in place. So, hey, man, look, what are you gonna do when a guy who's <laughs> who he is who he is, man? That's all I got to say about that. I hear you when you say that, but I don't know, man. I, I just get so disappointed with some of this stuff. I get irritated with some of this stuff. I just sometimes, you know, there are no words to – there are no words when it comes to some of this stuff. It, it sounds like we're repeating ourselves. You know, you can go back and listen to a show and just drop in mid-show, and it's like we're talking about something, uh, you know, we could have had this show last week, or we can use a show from last week, and we could have played it for this week. We could have been out playing golf. It's the same thing. It's like at some point in time, you get tired of being tired. You get tired of having conversations about things that this country, now this country is supposed to be, you know, once again, you know, the city on the hill, the light that leads the world or whatever term you want to use, and here we are having conversations about a corrupt Supreme Court, a politicized Supreme Court. I heard some commentators say last week, Vanessa, that, hey, instead of, they wear black robes because they're supposed to be neutral when it comes to, you know, justice, right? That's the reason why you see the scale and you see the statue of justice, she has the blindfold because she's not supposed to be swayed from from politics or anything like that. They said they might as well go ahead and allow those justices to wear the color of their party. Just have them wear, you know, either blue or red. Because the bottom line, that's what it boils down to. Kavanaugh lied. Amy Barrett lied. You know, Kersick lied. Clarence Thomas is just an Oreo. He is who he is. For someone to be named Clarence Thomas or for him to act the way he acts is unbelievable. I bet his parents are saying, good God, what happened? We sent that fool off to a school and he came back an Oreo. What is wrong with this, with this clown? But it's just amazing to watch these people operate. And they have no remorse. They, 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 don't, they could care less. You know, Mitch McConnell, how he talked about that the people should be allowed to select the next Supreme Court justice, and, you know, President Obama has, you know, he has 10 months left on his term, and, you know, he's on his way out, and we're not going to see a Supreme Court justice nominee. Oh, well, it's not going to happen. And then guess what? Save that for Trump. Trump put somebody in. 
Then Trump gets a legitimate appointee. And then Trump on his last, which technically is a legitimate. I mean, if, if we really are, are being honest about this, this court would be, you know, it wouldn't be six, but they would have the majority. It would not be a super majority, but they would have a majority because they would have five justices if they followed the Constitution because President Obama would have had the opportunity to appoint one, and then Trump would have gotten two. But because of the fact that Mitch McConnell and all these people, once again, who are in Congress, in my opinion, there should be term limits to get these clowns out of here. They can do what the hell they want to do. There are no, once again, there, Vanessa, there is no political uh, uh, consequences for when you sit here and just bald face tell lies. None, Vanessa, at all. They can say and do what they want, and no one says anything. Now, when you're hanging out with your Republican friends, what are they telling you? What are they saying? You know, let me ask you this, because you talked about how Republicans that you know are tired of, for example, this government that we have in, in the state of Texas. What are your Republican friends, Vanessa, saying about this? You mean about uh, the abortion? Yes. What are they saying? Yeah. What are they saying about the abortion? What are they saying about Clarence Thomas? What are they saying if they are law-abiding citizens? These are people that you know. Yeah. I like them as a person. So I try not to get into it with them about Trump. There are some that I have encountered that I just can't be friends with, but there are two of them that I'm going on the other side of the world with, and they are Republicans. And I fear away from politics with them because I truly like them. Um, the other one <laughs> who got a Confederate flag on his board uh, I like his wife, and I and they're going. You you if y'all are there Friday, y'all are gonna meet them at the party. Uh, they uh, the wife I shit y'all met them. I'm sorry, y'all met them when we were all on the cruise together. That's when I met them. Is when y'all met them. So we have been friends since then. The the husband walks away from politics. The wife will get into it. She doesn't like any of this abortion stuff. She doesn't like Trump. She's they live in Oklahoma. She cannot stand our governor uh, Abbott. He can't. She did uh, Tom Cruise. So to me, she votes for. Um, you know, I've never asked her if she was Republican or not. I just assumed that she was. Uh, but she has issues with some of the same stuff that I have issues with. and But we try not to discuss it. It might come up in a passing conversation. But that's what you're doing. Oh, I'm listening to this, this crap about blah, 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 blah. Girl, ain't that the biggest mess now? Abortion, I know she has a problem with them taking abortion rights. Uh, so, you know, I just, when I first started hanging out with Republicans and when I first started going camping and they were doing stuff that I was doing, camping, bingo, uh, tournaments, uh, uh, cruises. I went to my daughter, and my daughter's like, "Mama, I have friends just like that. You're gonna have to make a decision. 
don't talk about politics because if you do, you're going to lose that friendship because y'all are going to go into an argument about it. And if you really like these people, then don't do it. So I don't. I don't. But am I going to sit there and have a conversation with them about Donald Trump? And, and then there are two different Republicans. One of them are rich, rich Republicans. The other one are middle class Republicans. So they are really, in, they really do have two different views on it. I can't wait for them to one day meet at something that we do together. But they are two different views. You know how some white people call other white people trash or black people call other black people ghetto or something like that? That's where these people are. They're on two different sides of the stick. So I don't do events with them together. I either uh, have this one going with me somewhere or this one going with me somewhere because they're two different Republicans. Does that make sense? Are y'all there? I think, yeah, I think yeah, Jay we're, took we're, a break. We're, we're, yeah, we're here. Go ahead. Yeah. Absolutely. So it makes sense. So they're two different Republicans. So I don't um, – I don't get into it with them. I just know what one of them has said about it. The other one's been in Vegas for two weeks, so she's just texting me different things that's going on. So I don't know what she has to say about this. Um, and the other one's been in Branson, Missouri, out there on the lake. So we just kind of text about it a little bit. But I knew her stand on it before it came down. So there are two different Republicans, just like there's two different kinds of Democrats. So, you know, I just... They're, they're, they're nice people. They, we have some things in common with traveling. We stay away from politics, and um, I'm going to continue to try to keep that relationship like that because I really do like them, and we do have a lot of traveling stuff in common. So that's where I stand with that. I'm not going to ruin my friendship because of that. Now, now the one with the Confederate flag, huh, friends with him. So sometimes Bobby shows me things that he posts. So I'm going on a cruise with them. They booked it. They booked a cruise to go travel with me. My other friends booked a cruise to go travel with me to Europe. These people don't mind going places that you're going and putting the credit card to do it, where my Democrat friends, be it white or black, don't do that. So, hey, but I can't wait to be on a cruise with him in September and have some drinks and ask him, why do you have that Confederate flag on your board? What does that Confederate flag mean to you? So help me, God, I'm going to ask him. Well, in the interest, well, I can't wait to hear what his response is going to be. I don't well, know. I, mean, I, I have. I don't like, I don't like somebody, like yeah. one of the posts on his board, oh, my God, y'all going to lose it when I tell you one of the posts that somebody tagged him in on his board, said, I did not see one day of George Floyd's trial. Why make a statue of a person with a felony charge or something, something, something like that? And Bobby said, Vanessa, get off that board. board. So, well, I, I oh boy. All right. Well, I tell you what, let's, oof, I, I got to, we got to step out. Let's I step you, out. I, I, I have, I yeah, I we have to step out because I, I feel a certain way about that. We'll talk on the other side. Three four seven eight five zero one two seven two. Oh, boy. You are listening to the TJRS Radio Network.
make sure that you eat good. Put your ass to bed and make sure that you sleep good. I just want to please you. Make it so you never ever want to let me go. You can't deny. You see that plan? Didn't mama say don't play with fire? I'ma teach you how to treat me like I You're listening to the serious out of the J. Rouse show, which happens every Sunday morning right here on the TJRS radio network, online radio at its best. I'm J. Rouse. Good morning, good morning, good morning to you. Let's say good morning to the cast of characters that we have here on the show. Let's say good morning to my big sis, Miss Vanessa Maybell. What's going on, uh, Vanessa? Good morning. You know, I'm copy. I was copy. I was copying and pasting. I was copying and pasting during the break. Jerome, how you doing, brother? 
I'm good, man. How you doing? <laughs> the man who gets the first and the last word, Mr. Elias. Man, what's going on, brother? Well, good morning, good morning, good morning to you, and uh, good morning, Nessa. Uh, good morning, Kathleen. Uh, good morning, uh, Momo B. Uh, good morning, Rich Sister. Uh, good morning, Mary and the Music. And Mary and the Music, the first one uh, that we played was uh, Steve Wood one. It's called Plenty of Loving. And the last one that we played was uh, Change Your Life by my wife-to-be, Layla Hathaway. Uh, and uh, good morning, my brother Hawk, and good morning, my brother Jerome. Yes, sir. Oh, Mr. Elias, can we say hello to some people in the world famous chat if you don't mind? We got uh, Easy Rider in there. I, I'm sorry, we got Covina uh, Man in there with us. Oh, man, he said Easy yeah. Rider. Boy, that was a slip of the tongue. What's up, Easy? What's up, Covina? What's happening? We got a host of people listening as well offline. Uh, I mean, not online, but not in the chat room. The pastor's in the house. Freddie's in the place to be. Uh, another Vanessa is in the house. What's happening to her? Rita. Uh, Ruben, Jerome, Cindy, Jermaine, uh, just so many. Uh, pulling some of these comments down uh, from these different social media websites. We appreciate you. Thank you so much. 347-850-1272. You continue to listen. The Real Diggers in the house, too. What's up, girl? Appreciate you tuning in every Sunday. We have to start giving it up to her. I think Momo Beezy is in the house as well. Rob Smooth in the place to be with his alligator shoes on his slacks. I just want to say what's up to everybody in the house. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, everybody. If you know where that reference is from, send me a, a go ahead and shoot something in the uh, text or in the chat. Tell me where you heard that before. All right, uh, a lot to uh, try to uncover here. I tell you what, we'll do that. We'll we'll continue to move and uh, just wow, I, yeah, yeah, wow. That's all I can say. Online radio at its best. Committee that the president considered offering pardons to a wide range of individuals connected to the president. Let's listen to some of that testimony. And was Representative Gates requesting a pardon? I believe so. The, the general tone was, we may get prosecuted because we were defensive of you know, the president's positions on these things. The pardon that he was discussing, requesting, was as broad as you could describe from the beginning of, I remember he's from the beginning of time. Online radio at its best. All right, so every now and then I'll ask this question of you guys, and, and you know what the question is, because I'm just following this and I'm tracking this. Uh, as the January 6th commission continues to have hearings throughout the week about the uh, resurrection and Donald Trump uh, attempt to take over the government, I always ask questions when big news come out, and I'll ask you guys the question again. Vanessa, here it is, and let me hear what you have to say this time. Do you think Donald Trump's going to be criminally charged and go to jail? No. He ain't going to jail. Still no. He might be charged. Okay. He ain't going to jail. So you think he's the – okay, say it again. Do you think he's going to be criminally charged and go to jail, or do you think he's just going to be criminally charged and not go to jail? could be just like what they impeached him. They impeached him and his butt was still sitting there. So they're going to criminally charge him with something and then he's not going to go to jail. They're just going to have oh. him so he can't run again. 
That's what they're because the Republicans don't want Donald Trump to run. They're just going to charge him with something so he can't run for president or any any kind of an office. But that man ain't going to jail. Now one day. All right, Jerome. All right, Jerome. Same question to you, my brother. What do you think? Do I think he's going to jail? Do you think he's going to be criminally charged, or do you think he's going to go to jail? I think he's going to be criminally charged. I think that I think they're getting to a point where you can't avoid it. Uh, once the White House, um, the White House attorney, to Donald Trump's attorney, um, get a good criminal defense attorney and hangs up the phone on him. Once that stuff starts coming out, somebody's going to jail. So. This is getting really serious. I don't know if you guys have been watching. I know we're glossing over this, but oh, it I is have. damaging as hell. Like, it is oh, really, have. yeah. So this is not even, Republicans can't use that same, oh, it was the Democrat stuff. These are Republicans that are actually saying what happened. Appointed by him. Right, right, because none of them want to go to jail. And so when they come out with that list, of all of the congressmen and people who worked for them that was asking for pardons, them, those guys are going to be under a uh, you know, spotlight. Now, again, I have no confidence in Merrick Garland. Like, I don't have confidence in James Comey. Like, I didn't have confidence in, um, what's the special prosecutor or whoever he was? None of those uh, guys. Mueller. 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 Because as much as I, you know, keep saying the same thing, that we are the pathology is there. They are not going to prosecute someone if it if it doesn't serve a purpose. They arrest black people all all the time. Talk about we need to set an example. They don't set examples with white people, even if they did it. So we know all the stuff that they did, but somebody is going to jail. And um, even if I, I believe that. Um, Ivanka's going to get arrested, but what she did, Ooh. It, it, what she did was they used that testimony, and Donald Trump tried to blow it off when she came out and was like, look, here's what he did, here's what he said, here's what, she's trying to avoid going to jail. But I'm telling you that somebody's going to have to pay. Now, we're going to get closer to election season, so you know what, Republicans are going to cry. Oh, you know, this is political persecution and all that nonsense, and then nuts are going to go on TV, you know, um, as newscasters saying, oh, yeah, yeah, they shouldn't do this because it looks bad. You know what looks bad? Having somebody break the law and appoint three Supreme Court justices under false pretenses, right? Just like you said, if anybody, you know, if you don't know how court works, this is why people with um, – People with court-appointed attorneys go to jail so much. How court works is that judges do not overrule precedent, and these guys just did. The Supreme Court just did. They broke their own rules to justify their own, you know, their own feeling uh, philosophy on life. So when there's no, when the law breaks the law, there's no law. So. In this case, I think that somebody's going to jail high up. I don't know if it's Giuliani, because the the law-breaking stuff, you know, Giuliani was kind of speaking for him, and then Trump will come on the phone. 
So one was tweeting a pot and, you know, hey, how you doing, blah, blah, blah. And Trump was like, so how we doing? It's an old mob move. But they're not going to get Trump with a RICO. But, you know, they're going to get him on something. So they're going to have to set precedent somehow. Wow. Okay. That's interesting yeah. about Ivanka. That's that's uh, that's a news flash to me. I didn't see that one coming, but okay, we're going to keep our eyes open on that. Huh? Yep. That's a, and, and her husband, because... He has some. He has some. Um, he's in jeopardy in here too. Even though those guys tried to walk away from him for the January 16th stuff, but I think they're revealing some other stuff in these hearings that was a little bit more shady, and it's gonna it's gonna prove the bite, you know, Ivanka and and the Kirshner did, and plus the New York wow. stuff. They I think they're agreeing not to even press charges on them. Interesting. So we'll That's see. gonna be interesting. We will see. All right, Mr. Elliott, same question for you. What do you think? Well, I think he's going to be charged, man, but he's not going to do any jail time, basically, because, you know, they just they don't want him to run because DeSantos' numbers are more positive on, on the election than his right now. So I think that he will – He will. They, they want him out, man. They do. But I think his lawyer, the one he's stepping away from, the one that crafted the uh, – the doctrine to over to to, to to plant the coup is the one that's going to go to jail. Oh, uh, Jeffrey Clark, the environmental yes, uh, guy that they try to put in, uh, try to put in the, to the uh, make the interim uh, 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 attorney general. Yeah. That guy. Yep, that's that one. The the one they raided his house. That guy. Mm-hmm. Yep, that one. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to jail. You know, I mean, you don't think Trump's going to jail. Interesting. All right. Well, here's my spin on it since I asked everyone else. I think that basically he is going to be criminally charged because, like, like you said, Jerome, just too much of this. You know, not one Democrat has come out and uh, said anything. There's no testimony from Democrats. All these the testimony are from people that he, and this is the thing I don't understand about these blind people who follow this man blindly, who, who just – pledge allegiance to this clown, and he really doesn't give a damn about them. The people that are testifying against him are people that he appointed. They are Republicans, and they're coming out and saying what this guy is doing was just breaking the law. So I can't believe that you would turn a blind eye to this. And if you're turning a blind eye to this, then you're not an American citizen. You are a Trump. You are a Trumpster, because if you believe in the rule of law, you know, I fully I – fully, uh, uh, believe that they showed enough evidence during both impeachment uh, trials to, to get that guy impeached and get him out of office. But because Republicans were kissing his ass, that didn't happen. But now Republicans are saying that this guy has broken the law and everything that he was doing. So I do think he's going to be criminally charged. And the reason he's not going to go to jail, because I was watching uh, th- this uh, program, and they were talking about what type of messages that sends to the world locks up a former president, right? What type of – it goes against everything that America stands for. So they're looking at, from a symbolic standpoint, what type of effect will this have worldwide by them throwing a president, a former president, in jail, which means technically that they were wrong. We are admitting that we were wrong and that we brought the wrong guy into office. So I, I think that that's the reason why they won't send him to jail, because I think that the look would be something that, you know, that would resonate 
throughout this world. And the fact that now you would have nations saying, ah, here we go, the United States of America, the land of the home of the free and the brave, had a corrupt president. What makes you any different than any of these other countries out here who had, you know, dictator leaders and stuff like that? That's the reason why I think they won't throw him in jail. And that would be a crime. That would be a damn shame. It would be. But I think, Jerome, that's the reason why they won't throw him in jail, because of how it would look. I understand that, but that was that's what makes the U.S. the biggest liars on the planet, and don't nobody listen to us anymore anyway. Because right. so we have to save face somehow, and the only way to save face is to say we fight our own corruption. I mean, we went and took Noriega, like yep. out of like they we grabbed him out of his country and put him in jail here, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so yep. what kind of when people say hey, this is the best place on the face of the earth. That is propaganda. We are not, right? Like, we don't even acknowledge the fact that we have, like, these contradictions that we're trying to sell the world something that we know is not true. It's why George W. Bush is not in jail. But notice George W. Bush, um, he keeps a low profile, and he does not really leave this country because that international warrant for his arrest is still out there, him and Dick Cheney. That ain't going nowhere. That's true. That ain't going so nowhere. We, we've had corrupt presidents, and we've had people who had, um, you know, war crimes and have not been brought to justice, right? It's, it's like, I'm no Hillary Clinton fan, but it's like the Republicans saying, what about whatever gate with Hillary, right? Hillary sat there for, I don't know, 40-something hours yep. of yep. testimony, and and she sat there like bored, like what y'all got? That's how truth yeah. looks, right? And it's like, yeah. yeah, but what about your server? Trump will not. That dude's been pleading the fifth since he got in the office. Matter of fact, yeah. he's been pleading the fifth for the last twenty-five years. So somebody yeah. Yeah. again to stay face. Somebody is going to have to answer some questions, or you can't go to people telling them the United States is this great place. Blah, blah, blah. You know how many people that, I mean, I watch this all the time, especially entertainers. Um, I'm leaving this country because everybody's getting tired of the hypocrisy. To save itself, the United States is at some point going to have to, um, they're going to have to do something to rectify this. So somebody's going to get symbolically processed, um, and I think it's probably going to be Trump. It won't be George W. Bush. Still looks innocent, even though he let you know Cheney them run rub shot. The the irony is Cheney's daughter is going to be the person that thinks, um, you know, Trump. Cheney's daughter is going to do that. Well, I hope so. Let's uh, let's all hope that that will definitely happen. And on that note, online radio at its best. All right, folks, it has been a uh, very uh, passionate show. Uh, obviously, uh, we had to make some schedules adjustments, but let me do this uh, before we get into the final thoughts. Let me read some comments here because we're not going to have time to go through them all, but let me read a few. Uh, Pastor Steve wrote, he writes, he says, uh, peace, of, peace and blessings, family. He says, thank you for posting a show last week. Even though it was not live, it kept my Sunday morning routine intact. 
difficult topics this morning. All I can say is to continue to pray for this nation, and God bless you all. There you go, Pastor. The Real Deal, you sent me something. She said, she sent me something that said, the GOP's America, the nation of gun care and health control. I like that. Uh, let's see here. Frankie from Elmhurst, Illinois. He says, oh, my. There is no way I would hang with anyone who has a Confederate flag or those types of posts on their social media. It's disrespectful to you, your relatives, and our people. You pose no threat to them, and that's why they invited you on their cruise. Shame, shame, shame. Freddie uh, from Georgia says, Jay, you are right. Miss Vanessa says she believes in a woman's right to choose, but with exceptions. Sounds like a controversy to me, a contradiction to me. Uh, Cindy, let me read one more. Cindy from Florida, I'm so disappointed in this, in this ruling. I have been crying ever since. Cindy, I feel you. Even my daughters are even reacting to this, and they usually don't, you know, they don't usually say a lot. My daughter sent me a text saying, I am so disappointed, Dad, by this. And my other daughter said, she says, I am so disappointed. I'm moving to Mars. Peace out. So there you go. And on that note, man, it's time for our final thoughts. Jerome, man, brother, give me your final thoughts. Um, You know, I, I have a friend, friend to say about the topic, but, you know, I, I'll save that for another time. I had a friend that, that passed in okay. uh, from elementary school, probably like second or third grade, right? Wow. And another one of my friends kind of capsulized it really well by saying that we all go back to the sandbox together. And, yeah. you know, as, as you know, he was a, a, a veteran and, you know, he, he it wasn't like COVID or gun violence, by the way, so don't. Don't, don't look at it this way. But okay. to have somebody in your peer group pass feels a lot different. I'm, I mean, I've had a lot of people in that peer group pass, but this time it feels, you know, um, like I need to acknowledge my friend Wallace Flagg Jr., who actually passed, and um, blessings to him and to, for him and his family. Love, light, and blessings. So I just want to let that be my last word. Good stuff, man, and condolences to you because I know how it feels. I was just talking about that at the beginning of the show, how at my class reunion there was a page and 42 of my classmates have gone, gone on to, uh, you know, to meet the man. And uh, it's just a, it's just, it's just to it hit you in a different way. All right, Mr. Elias, we have 90 seconds, man. Final thoughts. Well, hey, man, I lost my goddaughter uh, two days ago, Desiree Washington. I love you, girl. You'll oh, always wow. be loved. Can't forget her. And, uh, it's just a sad event, man. Uh, it was, it was just. I mean, she was like 26, 27 years old. Mm. And she's, she's gone. She's gone from this earth, man. God bless her. I'm gonna miss her, and I love her, man. Yeah. And like I mentioned, my final thoughts. Uh, you know, just my class reunion once again. Big ups to my class reunion, uh, to my classmates. It was good to see everyone. Uh, it was good to be amongst friends and family. It was a beautiful thing, and, uh, you know, I just can't wait to see you again. And to my classmates who have passed on, like these two brothers here, a lot of people that I didn't know had passed on and passed, and uh, it was really shocking to me. So God bless you all who have gone on to the next world, and, uh, you know, we continue to pray for each other uh, as we continue to navigate through this thing that we call life. We appreciate you. All right, Mr. Elias, if it's Sunday, and we're talking serious stuff, my friend, what time is it? 
It's time for the serious side of the J. Wow. Go. All right. Guys, you know what's coming up next? Glad that you guys are here. Glad that you guys continue to listen and we continue to pray for each and every last one of you. So for Vanessa, for Miss Delias, for Jerome, I'm Jay Rouse saying have a wonderful work week. Classmates, uh, safe travels as you head back to your destinations. And remember, if it's Sunday and we're talking serious stuff, it is the serious side of the Jay Rouse show coming up next. We need to know basis with uh, Mr. Jerome Spree. God bless. The first lady dazzles on election night in a... Tell me, what do you want me to do? Pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. All right, folks, you know what time it is. It is time for Only Need to Know Basis with Mr. Jerome. It's free. A lot of people have been asking, Jerome, where you at? Where you at? He's back. Mr. <laughs> Jerome, man, the floor is all yours, man. What say you, my brother? You know, I want to I want to say I was here and um, Jay put me on the sidelines. I was in a oh, timeout. Oh, see, you know what? <laughs> see, man, just when I'm trying to bond with you. See, I can't believe you. I and, told you and, what happened, Jerome. It was like, look, I don't know what I said on the show or something, but... What do, you, what do you call that, Jay, when somebody, uh, when you get your, like, a suspension? What do you call that? Anyway. Well, well, I don't know what you call it. I call it hater. Okay, folks, for all those, see, for Jerome spreading all this nonsense, this is that what is happened, that, okay? So now, you're not going to do this, Jerome. You're not going to throw me under the bus like that, bro. Bro, brother, no, my saying, brother from no. another mother. You going to tell it the truth? It was not Jay's fault. I think Thank Jay would have announced that. I think he would have announced that if I was, uh, if I was put on the, if I was put on the bench, I think Jay would have actually said that. <laughs> Wasn't my fault, folks. Wasn't my fault. A lot of people were on the phone lines. I didn't see him. He was at the. I said, "Oh, I didn't even know you were there." Okay, see, there you go. So, thank you for clearing that up, my brother. So, I want to say, send your comments to Jay because just in case Jay decides to mute me next time. Uh, no, oh, no, this I'm dude, saying. man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Since we've been missing news, I, there's some news I really want to catch up on. Like, I don't know if you know, but, um, you know, Master P's daughter had a, um, a tragic death. Um, she was 29. And, um, you know, I know he, he asked for, you know, like respect, you know, respectfully requested privacy for his family. But Master P, man from them doing rap snacks and all this stuff. If you ever see Master P, he is all about business and elevating that is his for sure, isn't it? Yeah. He's always about business. So I, I want to send my condolences, man, to... Because people who get... who put work in like that, they're always unsung, unsung heroes in the community. People don't mention them. People don't mention the work that they're doing. But Master P, more than... You know, people like Kanye, I don't want to commit a black-on-black crime, but more than Kanye and Oprah and all these other people, Master P has helped people out beyond belief. He freed Snoop from his contract stuff and showed Snoop how to be an entrepreneur. So every time I say, hey, Snoop has this, you know, weed line or he has this app that's coming out or Snoop has all these ventures, that was Master P. 
He went to Master V. Master V helped him out. So, shout out to him uh, and condolences to his um, to his family. You know, just wanted to make sure I, I started off by saying that. Now, um, you know, three out of four U.S. teens are not getting enough daily exercise. This is according to a new study. They said um, with girls um, living especially inactive lifestyles, they said girls are less active and put them at risk of obesity, diabetes, according to a new study. So they're saying 75% of American teenagers are not getting recommended daily exercise, and um, girls are less likely than males to not get exercise. And, and I remember, again, about 15 years ago, when everybody was like, oh, we got to get high test scores, and they stopped taking kids out on recess in the elementary school. So what do you, what do you think was going to happen? Right? We make these laws and we make things and act like there's no repercussions from, from, <laughs> from our actions. You cannot have little kids be inactive, no matter how, how well you want them to do on standardized testing. Get out and run. You know, oh, Jay, I, I think I did the story. Eli, who's here? Elias, you here? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Okay, so remember elementary school and playing dodgeball? Yep. You know, they can't <laughs> uh, play dodgeball yeah. no more. Why is that? Uh, they think it's too dangerous. You know why it was dangerous? Because <laughs> your butt didn't move out the way. <laughs> yep. You dodged your dick and got hit. Hey, that is a that is a boondock joke, isn't it? Remember that whole Riley mm-hmm. talking about, you know, or, or I think it was Huey. Um, if somebody peed a bed, it's your fault for not moving. <laughs> like, remember, like, mm-hmm. if you are getting able to move. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, so, that's it. Yep. So our obesity stuff is coming from not getting exercise because everybody is acting like every kid needs headgear. You know, Look, man, they, you know what, man? They, you know what? They love obesity because it keeps us sick, man. Yeah, that's what they do. Yep, it's a part of our industrial complex, right? Of actually keeping people sick and keeping them, um, mm-hmm. you know, inside of a system. Yeah. So yep. So yep. Get get your kid out and let them exercise and stop acting as if they're fragile. They'll build some kind of resistance, and again you'll get better motor skills that will allow you to um, have better agility. And also, you know what we used to do in elementary? You remember they would run and blow a whistle and everybody had to roll, and then you get up and run and mm-hmm. they blow a whistle and everybody roll? Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah. The reason, they, the reason they did that is because it teaches you how to fall. Mm. So now when people are older and they fall and they break their arms, you're not supposed to brace yourself with your arms, not with your full body mm-hmm. weight. But those no. things in elementary school was meant to teach you things that I think people got away from. And they act as, oh, we don't need to do that anymore. Kids don't mm. need exercise. So, anyway, now we have obesity problems. Well, we had them for a while, but this is one of the reasons why. Now, apparently, the world is still vulnerable to polio. And they're saying yeah. that the, yep, they said that the vaccine uptick. Um, like they have a map of it, it's revealing how dozens of countries, including the U.S. and the U.K., are below the threshold needed to contain the virus. 
So data from the World Health Organization shows that 114 of 160 nations, including the U.K. and the U.S., have not vaccinated children against polio. At, at really? least a 95% of their one-year-olds against polio. I think the U.S. Wow. is at 90 But they're saying that that's still not enough, that we're going to probably have polio br- outbreaks. And, you know, polio has been around mm. for... Yeah, but they said it was. But polio, they said was man, it was under control. You know. Yeah, it was. It was, and and um, and it was literally eradicated in in the U.S. Like nobody had polio. But what happens is that when they're not vaccinated and people get polio, we are traveling. You know, this country. I mean, the world is a little smaller because people travel all over the place. That it gets yeah. reintroduced. So, and, wow. then, and then you can't stress the World Health Organization either, or the Bill Gates Foundation, Bill and Melinda Gates, yeah. because, again, we don't know if they're still experimenting with people, which they always do. Yeah, with, uh, with those uh, GMOs or whatever they are called. Yeah. So we keep mm-hmm. files of polio in the lab anyway. Yeah. So just to test out other, you know, other things and. We're quick to blame, you know, China for spreading something in labs, but those are shared international labs. They're keeping they're keeping viruses that will kill off this planet in labs. Mm. Okay, wow. sometimes they're going to escape. Yeah. Mm. Now I don't know if you saw, but you know the U.S. Uh, the FDA has um, has banned Juul e-cigarettes. Yeah, they, they from selling them across the board. So smoke, why they smoke shop. Say it again. Why they banned them? Because they said Jewel was always marketed to children because they had the flavored ones, and, mm-hmm. and you know. So early on in the e-cigarette, that was the preferred e-cigarette because they were pretty much the only ones out there, and they intentionally marketed to children. And so mm. since they were going through hearings for like a couple years, they found that they intentionally did it. So the yeah. FDA just flat banned the whole company. Like said, fine, yeah. y'all can Yeah. It's funny. We'll do that for some things, but not for others. Like right? guns? Yeah, like Johnson & Johnson for putting that in baby powder that, you know, caused cancer. They're like, yeah. oh, just pay us a little bit of money and you're good. I know Johnson Johnson's mm-hmm. huge in their conglomerate, but this e-cigarette company um, directly targeted children. And you're not supposed to target them for smoking anyway. So the right. FDA probably said, we'll regulate you. And they were like, no, no, we're not targeting children. And they did. So apparently, you know, across the country, um, people are buying those e-cigarettes in bulk. Because they know that they they won't be able to sell them in a little bit. They're banned. Wow. So they're buying really? bulk. They're coming in, getting about twenty to forty boxes at a time in this one place in uh, New York City. And you, it's in Union Square, New York City. One of the shops. One of the owners are like, they're just buying them. They're buying them all. Mm. Really? Yep. Wow. So they banned the product um, from sale, um, but they said it, you know. They played a, uh, a significant part 
in the rise of vaping amongst youngsters. Now, everybody still vapes now, but that company has to go. But they started that trend. And I remember them. I um, never paid any attention because I don't smoke. But I remember all of the advertising and marketing that we're doing. But they had, it's like having candy flavor something. They were getting people addicted to smoking by making it appeal to, to children. Adults do not want bubblegum cigarettes. Really? So when you Who have, like, yeah, <laughs> when you have like apple flavored and all of that, that's for kids. Because I don't remember mm. Marlboro's having an apple flavored <laughs> cigarette. No, that's for damn sure. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine Newport uh, cherry flavored Newports? I don't think that would happen. <laughs> <over. Nah, laughs> hell no. Yep. Now, airlines are set to, um, you know, give in to pilots' demand for a huge pay raise of up to 14% as 442 flights are canceled while passengers, you know, face, um, mm-hmm. you know, bad service and, you know, kind of bad service. want to fly no more, man. Sure. Yep. Yep. The airline, the airline pilots' association said on Friday that it has approved a contract that would boost the pay of pilots at United over the over, over the next eighteen months, clearing the way for similar wage hikes for other airlines. They need to pay pilots. There is nothing more dangerous than being up fifteen thousand feet. Right? <laughs> like no so, kidding. Really? Yeah, you you might want to pay them, you know. So now, an off-duty Rhode Island cop is arrested and dropped out of a state senate race after punching a female Democrat rival when they fought what? over Roe versus Ray. Yeah, in Rhode Island, wow. this guy was a wow. off-duty cop, and he suspended mm. his state campaign after a video emerged. Um, showing him punching a Democratic female rival. And um, I don't know why this is a thing. He did get arrested for it. But I'm like, why do you think you can still run for office and you really want to go out fighting people? Republicans are losing their freaking mind. And that's, yes, that was, that's what we would call the Trump effect. Yeah. You, you listen to a dotard, and technically you think you can do anything you want. So go straight to jail. Yeah. Now, in a rally on yeah, in a rally on Saturday, another GOP um, representative, this woman Mary Mitt, um, Miller, she um, tripped over her words, and she said that um, she thanked Trump for um, for the overturn of Roe versus Wade for white mm. life in the Supreme Court. Wow. That, oh, mm. I meant to say right to life. Now she's going to mm-hmm. go back and clean it up. She, right, she met with us. Hell you yeah. Think she did a, a good job for white life. Mm-hmm. Again, That's and, good. <laughs> yeah, so I wasn't going to jump on Vanessa, but whoever wrote that is correct. If you know that your white friends are racist, why are you hanging around them? Mm-hmm. Do you find yourself tied in their basement? You're going to be like, I didn't think they was like that. <laughs> right? Yeah. You have to be really careful when you know that people are, um, you know, holding those beliefs. Because they're only nice mm-hmm. to you because black people, all black people in this country are bilingual. 
Mm-hmm. So long as you pacify them with their own stuff, that's a part of what their problem is with white supremacy to begin with, is that they believe something that is not true. And we keep pacifying them. We believe. are bilingual. Mm-hmm. So if, if you are racist, you are not coming in my house. We are not hanging mm-hmm. out. Right? Mm-hmm. I can handle my own, and I don't have no problems with nobody. And I know a bunch of racist people. But I am telling oh, God, you. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. I am not letting my guard down to be like, hey, let's go to a ball mm-hmm. game because we both like the Yankees. Like, we ain't doing that. <laughs> we're giving them a yeah, false sense. That. Yeah, we're giving them a false sense of security so that they can keep their superiority complex against us, that they can keep mm-hmm. oppressing black people. And then use that saying, oh, I got a black friend, and it's you. Yeah. Right? Yep. Mm-hmm. They think they know all black people because they know you, but they don't know that you are pacifying them. So. You, know, you can't, you can't do that, man. Because when people say that, I got a black friend. I'm like, I don't, you know, I don't want to be around you. Right. That lets me know who you are and how you are. So no, I don't. They think really you. think that's a. They really think that's a compliment. Yeah. They really think that's a compliment, which is crazy. So yeah. you know. And, um, well, I, I won't, I'll, I'll <laughs> announce that on another day. But, um, you know, an American, uh, I'm sorry, an Army paracroup trooper with ties to neo-Nazis, with a, with a neo-Nazi occult group, pled guilty on Friday to charges that he aimed to ignite a race war, beginning with a plot to massacre fellow U.S. soldiers in his platoon. Right. So, Ethan Melser, yes, was arrested on June 2020 after sending sensitive information about the location, movements, and the security measures of his um, regiment and encrypted messages to members of a uh, white supremacist group. I'm not going to even say their name. Forget them. Um, the counter, mm. well, called the Order of Nine Angles. Huh? Or angels, maybe. Yes. So the counterintelligence is... Uh, um, the Counter Extremist Project says that that group is full of neo-Nazi Satanists with um, nihilistic ide- ideology. They support violent jihadist terrorism in line with the accelerated or accelerationist um, philosophy to support destruction of the current world order in the military. Really? That makes no sense. You are in the military, and the white guy sleeping next to you is plotting to kill all the black people in your platoon. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's what's that going is on. That's crazy. Again, that's why you don't hang out with people with Confederate flags. Mm-mm. Because you don't know if they're setting you up or not. That is problematic. Nope. Mm-hmm. So we have to be smarter, is where, where the. It's the only thing I need. I want to say about that. We have to be smarter. It's not even an option of should we be smarter. We have to. Oh, God. Um, yeah. Yep. Now, there's um, an experimental cancer drug. I, I was and I meant to lead with this. It's really important that um, people know that this exists. But there's an experimental cancer drug that appears to have cured every single patient in small clinical trials in the U.S., 18 patients, mm. all of who have been diagnosed with rectal cancer, entered remission after taking, it's called, um, 
Dostalamad, I think is what it's called, over um, six months, according to a uh, study published by the New England Journal of Medicine. This is the first time this has ever happened in the history of cancer. And one of the leading authors of the paper, um, who's an oncologist at uh, Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Institute in New York, um, told the New York Times um, that this is the first time this has ever happened. And wow. patients also experience no significant side effects during the course of their treatment, um, though it's believed that not enough people were involved in the study to, um, to highlight like a difference of adverse reactions that can be caused by the drug. But although this is exciting um, research, scientists said, um, have said that the promising results need to be repeated and um, they caution uh, against the conclusion that cancer has been eradicated permanently. But that, that treatment, I want to say the name again, is I'll spell it D O S T A R. I, I'm sorry, L-I-M-A-B, and I don't know what the, you know, they'll have these names and it'll be named something different, but that's what it is. Mm-hmm. It's an immunotherapy drug that's used in the treatment of, in, um, of a, in detri- I don't know what it's called, in detrimental cancer or something. I can't think of what it's called. But it is, um, it's already out there and it's being used but it's effective against rectal cancer tumors. And so two years on um, two years on from the study, patients appear to still be cancer free two years after. And none of the really? none of the participants in this trial have received chemotherapy or had to undergo surgery. Mm. So this was sponsored by GlaxoSmithKline by the way, but again, your tax dollars are paying for all of this stuff. They're paying these pharmaceutical companies to develop these treatments, and this one seems to be working. And the reason I'm repeating the story, again, is not because I'm going back doing stories. It's because I didn't see this on the news any place. No, come on. I, they pay people not to put, to put news out like that, right. man. Right, we're highlighting some nonsense, but we're not talking about this this type of stuff. So if somebody um, has cancer, ask for that in their clinical trial. If we know that people are in remission and has been in remission for two years with no side effects and no chemo and no um, no surgery, this is an immunotherapy. Right, but it helps your own immune system attack these cells, and we know that this is working. I'm going to need you to be able to ask your doctors to get you on a, on that particular trial. Hey, but can you text me that, Jerome? Yep, I will definitely so, do that. Yeah, my goddaughter just passed away from it, man. So, okay. you know, cancer. Yeah. Well, so yeah, I'll definitely, um, I'll definitely text that while. While we're doing the show, I will text that to you. And if you, if you want to, um, if you want us to post it, I guess we could have Jay post it on social media. But there, there are things that's going in the news that's going overlooked, and this is one that we cannot overlook. Now, um, for those of you who have Mercedes Benzes, uh, Mercedes has recalled a million cars because of potential faulty brake um, 
boosters that can increase the risk of crash and injury. So the models of the Mercedes-Benz are the ML, GL, which is the, I guess in Britain, BR-164, the R-Class, or the BR-251 for you guys who are in Europe. The series are produced between 2004 and 2015 are affected. So if you have one of the older Mercedes-Benz, go get some, um, go have somebody look at your brakes because they have a recall on them. Now, an Army reservist who's 30, who grew a Hitler mustache, and was also known as a Nazi sympathizer, was found guilty of storming the Capitol on January 6th. The guy was Timothy Hale um, Cusinelli, and he is from Colts Neck, New York, right? He's a former Army reservist and a security guard at the Naval Weapons Station, was found guilty on all counts uh, in his role in January 6th attack of the Capitol. Again, military people wigging out. Who knew? That's for now, sure. Yep. Now, California man, 46, pled guilty to plotting to firebomb the Democratic headquarters after Trump's 2020 election loss. Ian Benjamin Rogers, 46, pled guilty uh, to conspiracy to destroy that building by fire or explosive, explosives. Um, and he was possessing an explosive device and possessing a machine, a machine gun. So that's what he pled to under the agreement. So who knows what the heck he really did? That was his plea agreement. So it could be a whole lot so worse. So you know than it's that. way more than that. Yeah, you know it's way yeah. more. Yep. Yep. Now, um, you know, unruly. Vanessa need to be here for this because I know she would have a lot to say about this airline. But an unruly passenger who was caught on camera viciously attacking Southwest Airlines flight attendant during a flight. He he broke her teeth, and he's been sentenced what? to over a year in prison. That's it. Wow, that's it, really. Yep, uh, uh, mm-hmm. twenty nine. Uh, uh, a San Diego federal judge sentenced twenty nine year old Viviana. That's probably why. Uh, uh, I don't know her last name, but her first name was Viviana. Uh, to fifteen months in federal prison. And order her to pay nearly twenty six thousand in restitution and a seventy five hundred dollar fine um, in May of two thousand one mm. on the attack of a flight attendant, and um, I won't uh, identify her, but she was on a Southwest Airlines flight from San- Sacramento to San Diego uh, when um, the flight attendant asked her to buckle her seatbelt, right, and stole her tray table and wear a mask. Okay. Properly. Yeah. During the descent. Mm-hmm. Now they're landing, and it's like she went the whole flight fine, but they were like, okay, let's your trade table, blah, blah, blah. Now all of those things are violations of, you know, federal rules and regulations if you don't do it. Yep. But she still went and fought the flight attendant for telling her to put up her seat tray and buckle her seat. That's what they're supposed to do. Wow. Wow. Now, according wow. to her plea agreement, the flight attendant uh, uh, um, suffered three chipped teeth, two which needed crowns, along with bruises and a cut under her left eye, with, which needed um, stitches. And now, mm. so the woman is prohibited from flying for three years while she's on supervised release and must participate in anger management classes or counseling. That is <laughs> right. Wow. I, I should have played black or white on this one. 
because she only got fifty bucks. We know. Yeah, she's white. She's white. Yeah, somebody black would have got a that. lifetime ban. Mm-hmm. They would have easily got a lifetime ban on this. Now, wow. um, yeah. Now I can't believe that we're just now getting around to this, but eighty-two New York City teachers are accused of submitting fake vaccination cards as a part of a $1.5 million scheme run by a holistic pediatric center. They they allegedly made $1.5 million in the scheme of selling fake vaccination cards. $1.5 million? They made $1.5 million. People were that desperate to lie about their vaccination that they paid when they could have got a free shot. Really? <laughs> they made $1.5 million. Mm. Now, I don't know if, you, uh, if you've seen this story, but, you know, since Russia, oh, first of all, they're clowning Putin at the G7, right? Are they? They're laughing at, yeah. They're saying, like, I think they had their jackets on around the table, and they were like, you know, should we take our jackets off? And they were making fun of him being bare-chested on horseback. Cause Putin's a little fella, right? Yeah. I think they're. I think they're reporting this news just to piss him off because he's he's at he's trying to take Ukraine. So Putin thought that he would just go in, take Ukraine, and the world would be happy with him, right? So now that they're clowning him, he's losing power in Russia and even on the world stage because that's what they really wanted in Russia is to have some kind of, you know, presence and power on the world stage. Um, Putin's blowing that. They're now clowning him in public with other leaders of other nations. So we really might have to go to war with Russia (laughs) because he's he's not going to take that very well. No, he's going to take a line down knowing him. Yeah. But once once U.S. companies started pulling out of there, he has to – they had to figure out ways to – make it look like they can still have the same product. Like, I don't know if many people know, but in Germany during, uh, during the World War, Coca-Cola pulled out. So that brand Fanta is a, is a Nazi brand. So they made orange soda and cherry. You know Fanta, right? Um, yeah. They made, like, Red Pop and all of that. that they made all the German. Of, you know. Yeah. Hmm. That was a Nazi soda brand. Coca-Cola went back and bought them later, but they had to make the public believe that they can still have the same, you know, hmm. same amenities, even though they was at war. So when American companies pull out, they they actually created their own. Well, Russia, so they got pretty much. So they got to make huh? They got to make dolls over there. Yes. So <laughs> Russia had uh, when McDonald's pulled out. They reopened the McDonald's restaurant. They probably just commandeered it and just took McDonald's. But they mm-hmm. uh, they took McDonald's, started selling, you know, with new uniforms and all this other stuff, um, because McDonald's probably had to have, you know, distributors and factories built in Russia to make mm-hmm. McDonald's products. So mm-hmm. I think they commandeered McDonald's. So they said one man was man. booted out of line for an event launch, uh, um, for a launch event, holding a sign that said, bring back the Big Mac. Um, but the Iconic Burger and McNuggets are no longer on the menu. But the new company, 
who owns the McDonald's insists that their products are virtually unchanged. So uh, they took they over McDonald's, McDonald's equipment. The burger ingredients are identical. That's what they're saying. Um, they're saying that it's not clear whether all of the new restaurant recipes are the same as before. But um, one of the pers- people who dined in there said the cola is different, and there's really no change to the burger. So they're mocking McDonald's in Russia. They got the big. They got the Big Mac. We got the Big Mac. You know, this McDonald's. <laughs> they got this McDonald's. all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, seeds, but they don't have a sesame seed bud. They have they a regular bud with no seeds. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, that's the what they meat. did, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, that would have been hilarious if they would have just had McDonald's, because we all yeah. knew what that would have been. It's not mm-hmm. McDonald's. Got the Big Mac. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. Now, Cops uh, issued a, an arrest warrant for 46 frat brothers in New Hampshire University over hazing during the um, initiation event of this, this fraternity called Sigma Alpha Epsilon. And uh, allegations, yeah. Yeah. Director at the, the, the allegations were directed at members of that fraternity, their beta chapter. So Durham Police, this is in um, Raleigh. Durham police um, said on Friday in their um, in their news release, this is like a couple of weeks ago, that they did go back and arrest them. I don't know why. Well, I guess I know why, because um, I don't belong to a fraternity. But mm-hmm. that whole hazing thing, I don't understand why you beat people down so much and then just to be your brother. Like they won't hold resistance. Yeah, yeah. I I never really understood that. It's like you want to be one of us. Let me hit you in the face with this pie, right? <laughs> like, come on now. Yeah. That's so anyway, people, man. yeah. So they're still having that bad, um, you know, bad hazing is still going on. Now, a mm. mother and and a grandmother of a nine year old girl are arrested for murder after she died. Um, from a severe lice infection. I don't know how that is even possible. Mm. Paramedics discovered bugs crawling all over her face, and the Arizona, Arizona authorities have charged a 38-year-old um, Sandra um, Krajovich and Alyssa uh, Krajkovich, um, the mother and grandmother of the 9-year-old girl who died from lice. Um, they charged mm. her with murder. She died with, from lice, you said? Yeah. From an infection of wow. lice. I didn't know that was possible. I didn't either, to be honest. You know, because, okay, now, send your comments to Jay because I don't care. But, you know, black people don't really get lice like that. Mm. Black people, like, the difference is, is that we actually have to grease our hair, and white people kind of degrease their hair, <laughs> and life does not survive in 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 that environment, you know. So, however you want to splice that and say black people can get lice, yes, they can get lice if they are next to white folks who have lice. <laughs> black people don't develop mm. lice. Yeah. Now I I know people are going to be like, oh my God, he said race stuff, but um, to, you know. Turn, turn the channel. That's all I can really say about mm. it. 
All right. So Elon Musk asked why leak DOJ, uh, leaking DOJ won't spill Jeffrey Epstein and Giselle Maxwell's client list and says it's odd officials are remaining silent on the, ped- on the billionaire pedophile and his madam. Now, I don't know why Elon Musk is mm. talking, but he shared a meme of, um, it says, things I'll never see in my life, and showed a picture of a dragon, a dinosaur, a unicorn, and the text reading the Epstein-Maxwell client list. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because you know, you know you're going to see Trump and Clinton and all of them fools on there, and you might see... Um, a couple of Supreme Court justices on there, Clarence Thomas and somebody. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to show that list. Um, but it's interesting that Elon Musk would say that they need to spill and show us who's on that list. I, I think when, the, I think when the, the people who are releasing the list is on it, they're not going to release it. Yeah. Right? So it's kind of like mm-hmm. Jim Jordan's and those guys of the world defending Trump and then we go find out on the January 6th that they were in communication with the people who stormed the Capitol. You know. Hmm. Oh, and speaking of January 6th, did you see, like, uh, Trump is out here yelling, saying that they should have had Republicans on the committee now? Well, they offered them, and nobody want to be on That's going to be the next Right, they, they were boycotting it, right? But the reason that he mm-hmm. wanted them on there is just like the, um, the Mueller report is that when you have Republicans in there, the Republicans um, start lying and they just start muddying the waters. They can't muddy the waters now because Liz Cheney and those guys are not having it. We're like, we're here to do facts. And so mm-hmm. this is, they're doing fact-based stuff that they don't have the crazy people, you know, the Jim Jordans and those guys of the world on there having fake um, – you know, UFO conspiracies and stuff about Trump. So since they don't have them muddy in the waters, Trump is now complaining that McCarthy should have appointed when Nancy Pelosi told him to, but when or mm-hmm. asked him to. Because when they created that commission, Nancy Pelosi went to McCarthy and said, submit some people um, for these hearings, for the, for the commission. And he literally put, like, people like, um, Jim Jordan and all of these crazy people on there. Nancy Pelosi told them no. Mm-hmm. Right? You don't get to put the crazies on here. We're doing fact finding. So mm-hmm. it's interesting now that you know Trump is like they should have done it anyway, so that they can disrupt this hearing because um, the stuff that's coming out now is not looking good for him. It never has. No. He should be in jail from. Uh, from the Mueller hearings. Yeah, but Ke- Kevin McCarthy didn't want to do that. He's just like, no, nah, I don't want to put nobody on there. And now everybody's yeah. wigging out because Liz Cheney and uh, Kissinger is on there. And, yeah. and, and now they, they're getting death threats. Yeah, and again, that shows how crazy are. the truth is not important to them. They're here to protect nope. whoever they're here to protect. Right. You know, so that, that's pretty much how they're going. Now, Trump's um, Truth Social is suspending users who post about the January 6th hearings on their free speech alternative. So this is their social media platform. 
that Trump has that says, oh, we have freedom of speech over here, but they're blocking users or suspending users who says anything about January 6th. So the users are now taking to Twitter, and they're saying that Dotart's um, platform, Truth Social, suspended their accounts after they post um, um, the kickoff of the hearings. And that's a, yeah, that's about controlling the narrative, right? They want to go in and, and make sure that nobody, that people are dumb. And um, and I can't say that that all of them, I'm not saying that they are, that critical thinking skills aren't good, that they are not smart, but they're ignorant and um, they choose to be. So anyway, don't hang out with anybody who has a Confederate flag. All right, so a 12-year-old boy robbed a Michigan gas station, and the child claims that his grandfather's gun, um, or he aimed his grandfather's gun at the cashier and fires a warning shot before he, she asked, are you serious? And then the little boy shot the gun in the store. He was 12. And um, he, he um, as the boy leaves, he attempted to reload the gun, but it jammed, and one of the shell casings, uh, was seen hit hitting the floor. I don't know if you saw the video of this, but they um, 911 dispatchers received a phone call about the armed robbery at a Marathon gas station in Michigan on Main. I'm trying to think of what the city was, but anyway, it was in uh, Hartford, and uh, it was just mm-hmm. one block from the police station that this 12 year old tried to rob the gas station. But the boy was promptly wow. picked up by police, um, and. He was picked up without incident, is what they said, and charged with armed robbery, assault um, with a dangerous weapon, and uh, discharging a firearm. But the grandfather, who's the child's legal guardian, told police he didn't know his um, grandson had access to safe. Again. Wow. Yeah. Let's play black or white on that one because we know where this is going to go. He actually mm-hmm. fired the gun. When the, when the woman says, are you serious, he fired the gun in the air. Years out. Mm-hmm. Are white? Come on, huh? Yeah, yeah. We we actually know what this one is easy because he didn't get shot when they saw him. Mm-hmm. You Every time you say, say the guy shot the gun in the store. Incident. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because once he called nine one one and the and the the person says, "Oh, they fired the gun in the store," the police would have got that and they would have came out shoot. Mm-hmm. But. He was a white kid, so don't do that. We don't do that to them. Now, scientists says that, uh, you know, adults who share a bed with their partner are um, sleep better and less likely to suffer for depression than those who um, sleep alone is what the study finds. So this U.S. study comes despite of a growing number of couples choosing to sleep in um, separate rooms for a better night for a better night's sleep. Um, so they're saying that if you sleep with a partner, spooning actually helps you sleep, opposed to if you don't know what that means. It's nothing sexual. It's just kind of <laughs> touching another human being um, helps you sleep. But people find I, I think people are snoring and kicking in their sleep, so sometimes you have to go into different rooms. But they're saying that. People who actually share a bed is less likely to suffer from depression, and I think it's I think it's commonly known that um, 
you cannot have um you cannot go without human contact a baby born without any kind of human contact will die you have to we we it's just kind of how we are as a you know as a species i think that you have to have human contact so you cannot isolate folks and not touch them so they're just saying that you'll you'll stave off depression if you sleep in the same bed now you might you might have murdered murdered that person if they're snoring too loud, but that's a whole nother study. <laughs> it doesn't say anything about that. Now, um, you know, I'm trying to think of there was another study that um, that kind of covered that, but um, sleep apnea stuff, and that stuff is very different. But again, human touch is necessary. Now. Um, Supreme Canada Supreme Court ruled that being drunk is a defense for sex uh, attacks and killing. So a judge acquitted a suspect who stabbed his mother because he thought she was um, an alien while he was high on pills and naked, and a naked man who beat a professor with a broom when he was on mushrooms. So the Supreme Court in Canada said the defendants accused of violent crimes can um, use self induced extreme intoxication as a defense. Now, I don't know what the Supreme Court in this country is going to rule, but this is getting on a, on a, it's like bordering on insanity that now when you get drunk, you're not responsible for your actions. But if you, um, if you are in a car and somebody else does something, you can get arrested. I don't understand that. Like, so if they if you're in a car and you get drunk, then you can say, hey, I was with him because I was drunk and you're going to let me off. But this world is getting kind of crazy with their laws and, and dealing with people. So I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. Now, in, in our crazy news story, you know what, I'll, I'll probably end on this because th- there's a story in India of a woman who was 70, she um she was trampled by an elephant, right? So the elephant trampled her. She died. And when she had her funeral, the same elephant came around and killed and stomped on her during her funeral um procession. It found that the elephant found her and actually trampled on her body again. After it killed her, trampled on her at her funeral. Most people say that that's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence. Elephants have good memory, and whatever it was about that woman, that elephant um, did not like. So, you know, animals are sensitive to smell, and I think it knew who the woman was. But it actually came back during the funeral and stomped over the woman again. Now, if you don't know, around 100 people are killed a year in India are killed by elephants. Though that number is high, it can be as high as 300. Um, 100 were killed, at least 100 killed each year. That's according to the World Wildlife Fund. So anyway, all right. So on that note, I will end on that crazy story. Um, since we've been gone for a while, we'll come back with some with some better stories. There's a lot of things I actually wanted to talk about, but we'll yeah. end on just some little craziness. And, um, okay, wow, that's 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 kind of wow. Yeah. Okay. 
that is crazy wow. that um yeah. that the elephant came back and tracked. Oh, you know what? Actually, hey. I can have one more one more story because you know we talked about this earlier about why people are um you know why people are are being crazy because of their low birth weight stuff. Well, in Britain, mm-hmm. they have a nationwide sperm shortage. They said that seventy five percent of um. A, they have a shortage by 75%. So British women are trying to conceive from sperm that's sent from abroad. And they said that oh, more wow. needs to be done to encourage British men to donate uh, um, to stop this nationwide shortage, forcing women to rely on folks from abroad. Dang. And, wow. Yeah. Now, did you know, did you know that um, this happened to be about, I want to say almost like, Five to ten years ago, Putin's Russia was trying to encourage, you know, black folks to go to Russia because of their they're, they're having a um, they have a low birth rate. And I'm like, it seems weird that a country that has a problem with black that people, racist. yeah, yeah, what they were trying to encourage black men to move to Russia. Oh wow! Because they okay. have a low birth rate. And I'm like, I don't know what they think that means, but if you don't get it, white folks' fertility is down. It's not that they are, um, that black people are more sexual, because black people are not. It's just that the fertility issues that they're having amongst white women and white men are um, not getting enough swimmers, is what what the the story said initially. But, yeah, Mm. you know. Wow. Yeah. Mm. Oh, you know, uh, and also, I'm sorry, I thought I was done, but I have one more. Um, President Biden announced um, today that the U.S., United States, and its G7 allies, allies are banning imports of Russian gold and, and in another chip attempt to cut, cut off um, Putin um, funding the Ukraine war. So they're not accepting gold from Russia. They're cutting them off with their own war. They're banning import of Russian gold. All right. Wow. So, yeah, that is that is it. All right. So, yeah, that's that's all I got for today. I know that that was a a, a choppy way to get back in the groove of things, but we'll have some more news. And um, I didn't talk about Juneteenth. I didn't talk about a lot of stuff that I missed, you know, last week and. All of that stuff, but I guess we'll have to get back to that stuff later. Okay. All right, brother. Well, okay. we'll see you next week, then. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. All right. I'll check you out. All right. All right. All right.